Get your family vehicles ready for summer driving with early Memorial Day deals at Dobbs. Click on GoToDobbs.com for money, save, retire, and service deals today. Dobbs. With 43 locations, real deals are always close by. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Good nasty on a Wednesday. It's a fast lane on 101 at ESPN with Andrew Marsh and Jamie Rivers of Anthony Stalter. 204, your time check is brought to you by Clarkson Jewelers, an officially licensed Rolex jeweler. Boy, the Blues, <sighs> they played last night, huh, guys? They were out there. Did they? Yeah, hmm. they were there. Taking on the Arizona State Coyotes. <laughs> Things didn't go well. I sat down last night, Anthony. I'm not going to lie to you, okay? I poured a nice bourbon, and I sat down. Eight o'clock puck drop. I'm like, this is perfect. Watch a period here. Mm-hmm. Relax. Let's go, baby. <laughs> Didn't end up the way I wanted it to. Did you pretend that the Blues were like still in it, so that you could nope. get fired up for nope. the game? I just looked at the opponent, and I was like, this, this is a game we can win. Yeah. You didn't, though, Jamie. Uh, 6-2 losers last night. Blues took one on the chin. Gave up four in the third period. Yeah, that third period was ugly. A lot closer to that 6-2 final score, though. <laughs> that was a lot closer than it looked. Yeah, certainly. It was, uh, man, Ooh. I just feel bad for... Who impressed you, Jamie? Uh, well, you know. Most of the Coyotes or... Clayton Keller looked great. He certainly did. I mean, How about St. Louis Boyd? kid. But Travis Boyd? Yeah, old Boydie. He had himself a night, didn't he? <laughs> Certainly did. Yep. I mean, that guy's a juggernaut. Just look at his stats. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, mm, mm-hmm. this is just, this is just a lost year. It happens. It is now, and I'm kind of frustrated with it. I'm sure a lot of Blues fans are frustrated with, you know, what's going on here right now. I'm. Let's just be honest. The players are frustrated, too. I've been on these teams. I've been on teams that are going in the wrong direction, and it's really hard. It's really difficult, especially like for some of these guys. Yeah, you got to remember here, the young guys is one thing, but when you get to Robert Thomas, Braden Shen, Pareko, like these guys have experienced the ultimate success. So they've won the Stanley Cup. They've drank champagne. Out of Lord Stanley, at least his cup. And now you're losing to the Coyotes 6-2 on a Tuesday night in Mullet Arena. Mm-hmm. That's a far drop. That's a big one, man. Yeah. That's like coming out of the, the penthouse and thinking, this is nice. I'm mm-hmm. going to stay here for a while. Mm-hmm. And then you go to the elevator and you hit the button a couple of times. You're like, what the hell's going on here? I'd like to go downstairs for a brief second, get something to eat, and come right back up to the penthouse. So you keep hitting the button. 
and then the doors open, Marsh, and then you walk in, mm-hmm. turns out there is no elevator, and you just fall all the way down the elevator shaft. Right. And instead, your friends end up taking the stairs and going to different floors. That's correct. Yeah, that's yeah. that's where we're at right now. Basically. Uh, because there's only a few guys from that cup team that are still on the team. Right. And then you break every bone on your way down. Whoa, that's excessive. It's a lower body injury. It's an upper body injury. An entire body injury. And now it's a middle body injury. Which is a new one, by the way. Apparently. So yeah. this is where we're at. So it's tough. I Look, it, I don't even know how to tackle what's going on from um, with the Blues from a media standpoint. Because it's very difficult to look at it and go, oh, okay, here's where we're at. Everybody, everybody just calm down. Everything's going to be just fine. It's hard to do that. Because the team is it's not playing well. And they're losing. And they're losing in ways that they shouldn't. Like third period on the road should be locking it down a little bit. How about the power play? Oh, boy. I know we're going to get into that at some point. But uh, that power play used to win you hockey games. Mm-hmm. And it's... It's not executing right now. Uh, you know, uh, again, Jamie, if you if you look at things from the standpoint of you, you lost six to two. Again, game was a lot closer. Uh, you were zero for okay. six on the power play. Zero for six, and then you, but, they were one for two. But again, I mean, zero for six. The the stats don't tell you everything, guys. I mean, sure, zero oh, for do. six. They do. You didn't score any goals when you had six opportunities. That's what the stats say. And you even had a power play where you had a five-on-three for That's like correct. a minute and a half. Yeah, you would think that would be your opportunity to convert on a power play. Should have been. But here's the thing, guys. Stats can be misleading. Yeah, for sure. Not in this case. Yeah. Not in this case. But stats overall, I mean, they can be. Mm-hmm. 0 for 6 speaks for itself. It sucks. You've been terrible. It's bad specifically on the power yeah, play. Yeah, not good. Do you think, Jamie, that guys forgot to play? Like, they get confused, and they think they're actually killing a penalty instead of having the man advantage. Is that – have you ever seen that in your you career? You know what, Anthony? I haven't, but it's in play. Okay. So, they're they're actually six for six on the penalty kill. They're the penalty's best penalty kill In their heads. <laughs> All right, enough of the snark, okay? Because I'm getting angry here. Yeah, I don't want your information either, Siri. <laughs> Siri's like, she's jumping in. She was gonna, she's pulling you're stats. Over, you're yeah. all, she you're stats pulled up. Shush, Siri. I'm tired of this crap. I really am. And I know the players are. I go back to that again. I, the only way out of this is to continue working as hard as you possibly can. And they're still going to, even though you work hard, you're still going to end up with nights like this. It's just because. And Army said it, uh, I believe, at the very beginning of this retool, is that uh, on a nightly basis, when you look at the lineup across from the Blues, or on paper, man for man, probably not a winning team at that point. But you can always work to win a hockey game. Last night, though, that team shouldn't beat you. That team shouldn't be. I'm sorry. They're, they've they've they're, drubbed you twice in that place. Yeah. I mean, taking you behind the woodshed. And taking you right behind you. the mullet. Yes. Uh-huh. They took you on top of the woodshed, in the woodshed, behind the woodshed. At this point, they're they're digging How underneath big is your the woodshed, woodshed, though. 
Because if you took you inside of the woodshed, that woodshed would have to be pretty big. Mm. Not necessarily. No? No. Okay. Either way, 0 for 6 on the power play for the Blues is a nasty problem right now, especially when you have offensive players. You do. You got Thomas, Kairou, Booch, Krug, Shen. Like, you've got a lot of guys who can put points on the board. I, I personally feel like Craig Berube, he did go to the other unit. As soon as I saw that what was going on, just that it wasn't working, I would have said, hey, Verona, you, you want to – the reclamation project, right? You want to redeem yourself? Let's go. How'd he look Casper, let's go. Yep. Uh, Casper, let's go. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I mean Verona. Yeah, he was out there. Yeah. Um, yeah. He had the, so Casper, the breakaway, right? Yeah, great speed on that, that one. That was him? He had some real good speed I on that. I didn't see – I didn't see much after that. Was he? Uh, how hard did you watch? I love very hard. Yeah, you was, still couldn't see him. No. Huh. Interesting. Did he do anything? Yeah, he had six shots on goal. Oh, okay. The quality or? Eh, ish. Eh, ish. Okay. I worry. Mm-hmm. Well, that's your Blues coverage. I'm sure, we'll uh, get into the Blues a little bit later on. Do we have to? Yep. Oh yeah, we are. All right. Mm. Thanks, Marsh. What? Uh, nothing. Oh. I just looked at the rundown. I said, thanks for the rundown. Yeah. This is a good show today. You're welcome. Just looking at some blue stuff coming up. We got a lot, we got a lot of blues to get looking into. Looking to dive into it. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah. Hey, we got something to celebrate, though, guys. Jordan Walker. Oh, my. I don't, I don't know if you like uh, <laughs> batting averages well over 400 or OPSs that are just insane, but Jordan Walker's got both. This kid is on a crash course for the opening day roster. Oh, I was going to say Hall of Fame. If not the Hall of Fame. That's next on 101 ESPN. We're right back to the Fast Lane Podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. Somebody has an ouchie or a boo-boo and has a hamstring pull like Bobby Bonilla, then I really see them just trying to say, let's keep him somewhere where he can continue to grow. It's all about championships at an organizational level. And, you know, Jordan fits the bill, and I, and I think he's going to be great down in Memphis. <laughs> that was our version of John Mosellock. Uh, we have to have a name for him. Like, you know, there's like – Fictitious names. Like mm-hmm. it uh what would you call this guy? Uh I will work oh. on it. We'll work on it. I feel like we gotta use like Pobo in some type of way. We have to it's gotta be some like, version of John Mosaloc, like the actual name, mm-hmm. but totally something different. We'll think of it. Yeah. Text line 314-399-9646. What would be your mock name for our John Mosellock? But it's got to sound like you're like it's almost the same thing. Yeah, uh, like you know how there's like Baby Jesus and and uh, uh, Talladega Nights. Uh-huh. You know, we do like you know Rockstar My, Jesus or whatever. Or... FOMO, FOMO. <laughs> That's FOMO. Like, yeah, like foe, but not like pobo, but the foe is like F-A-U-X. Yeah, that's what the text okay. wrote here. Yeah. Oh, okay. Oh, I yeah. love that. 
Fozalock. Fozalock. <laughs> there it is. Fozalock. I like I love it. it. It's the Fast Lane on 101 ESPN with Jamie Rivers. I'm Anthony Stalter. Jordan Walker spring stats as of like 30 minutes ago. Jordan Walker has three bombs, seven RBI. He's batting 444 this spring. He's got an 889 slug, and his OPS is 1.33. That's insane. Jordan Walker is on a collision course. To make the opening day roster. Told you. We you did, Jamie. You did. <laughs> I thought he'd have a good spring training, but there there was going to be too much, too much up 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 for interpretation for the Cardinals. And they'll just settle on, well, you know, he didn't have tree, you know, he's he's never been to triple A. We'll send him down. He can refine his skills. And in the back of their heads, they're thinking, we're gonna get a long look at the three outfielders that we project to start. And then at some point, we'll have Jordan Walker come up. And Jordan Walker has taken those plans, and he's lit them on fire. Yeah, he said, hold my beer. And he's thrown the ashes right in the Cardinals' faces. <laughs> Can you imagine? He smeared the ashes of the game plan right in their face. Here, take this. I don't see Jordan Walker doing that. Nah, he's a nice kid. He's a really good kid. And from all reports that, uh, that we're getting from clubhouse people and people affiliated with the team, he's extremely dedicated and respectful and like he's too good to be true he's the cardinal way literally like he's the poster child for this is what you should do right to be here the living breathing version of the cardinal way yep and oh by the way he mashes or has mashed in spring training anthony i honestly can't believe what's happening i really can't and uh, you know we all had a version of what this might look like Uh, we all i think everybody to a person was like okay yeah he's gonna be in the big leagues when we don't know Will he be Albert Pujols like they're talking about? I yes. don't know. Oh. Yeah, well, I yeah, don't no, know. I don't know. Yeah, like we had Dylan Carlson where Mo said, you have to pry him from my cold, dead hands. And we're still waiting for Dylan Carlson to be consistent, although he's having a pretty good spring training too, so good on him. Nobody saw this coming, I don't think. I don't even think the Cardinals saw this coming. I honestly feel like they went into this in the same mindset as us. He'll be here at some point. Yeah. We'll, we'll be here. We'll get him here. Soon. You know, ish. we got good depth in the outfield. We got Lars Newbar took some big steps last year. Tyler O'Neill looking to get healthy. And DC looking to get healthy. We got Juan Yepes. We got Alec Burleson. Mm-hmm. We'll get to Walker. No, you won't. How about we've got Jordan Walker and we'll let everybody else fight it out now? Mm-hmm. That's almost where you're at. It's almost to the point where you cannot break camp without him. Right. The whole story of back in the day when the older players said, hey, we're not going to St. Louis without Albert Pujols. That, that's got to happen at some point, if it hasn't already happened. I could see Goldie and Arnato, or Arnato especially, going, hey, yeah, I know I'm going to this World Baseball Classic thing. This guy keeps this up. I better see him in St. Louis when I get back. Mm-hmm. I would say it. If I was a veteran guy and I want to win, and yeah. I'm an old, like aging player, if I'm Paul Goldschmidt, I'm like, this guy here, he's got to be on our team. You know, we we're having the discussion. Like Rockio from the opening drive is was in the office after after his show, and uh, Action Jackson's you know popping into the office. We're uh, all there. We call him Piddles. Yeah, I'm gonna call him Action Jackson. He likes Piddles. It's fine. We're all t- we're all talking probably much like you are around the water cooler right now, where you're saying, "All right, where where does Jordan Walker fit into the opening day plans? Who gets sacrificed here?" 
who who's going to make the roster? Who's going to be the other starters? I don't care. Do you guys? No. If I'm being honest, I don't care. I, I don't care, care what your what I, your outfield yeah. looks like. I don't care if you use Walker in the DH spot. I don't. We have reached the point where I couldn't care less about the starting outfield or the lineup as long as Jordan Walker's in it. If Tyler O'Neill, yes, Jamie. Um, I have more of a something I want to pass on here. Okay. Because five seven three, I can't tell if this is the five seven three that hates me or not, but uh, maybe it is. I don't know. Either way, appreciate your text. And th- th- this, I will say, five seven three is probably right about this. We should slow down on the comparisons to Albert Pujols. So five seven three goes. Stop comparing Jordan Walker to Albert Pujols. He's the next King Griffey Jr. <laughs> early, early bid for tax of the day. I, I was love like, it. wait a minute. I, you know, okay. So if Tyler O'Neill winds up being your fourth outfielder, is that a problem? No. If Dylan Carlson winds up being your fourth outfielder, is that a problem? No. no. If Nolan Gorman gets, no, jeez, I keep doing that. Nolan Gorman gets sent down mm-hmm. to to Memphis even after a great spring because they want to get him regular abs because Jordan Walker's your DH. Is that a problem? No. no. Okay. Nothing is a problem with Walker on the lineup. Exactly. I don't care. Exactly. I don't care who leaves. It's like, I mean, from those that group of players, yeah. obviously we're not going to talk Arenado because, right. you know. No. But just keeping it to that group of players in the outfield and maybe the DH possibilities, mm-hmm. why, if you're not going to play him in the outfield, why would you not DH him? Right. And, and you found a spot for Brendan Donovan to be in the lineup almost all season last year. Mm-hmm. Why can you not do the same thing with Jordan Walker? Mix and match. Go for it. You can play him anywhere. Left, center, right, DH. Rotate again. Left, center, right, Uh, DH. You don't like the matchup for one of your players on a certain day? No problem. You've got the depth now. What if Jordan Walker fails in April? What if he struggles? What if he looks overwhelmed? Okay. Send him down to Memphis. This is where we're at right now. This is a great spot. When it comes to this offense, the young guys... The ones that had question marks surrounding them entering spring training have all been outstanding. Gorman is having an excellent spring. Jordan Walker has been off the charts. Dylan Carlson looks excellent. These young young guys with question marks, whether it was doubting question marks or just question marks because with Walker, you just, all right, let's see it. They've all been great. One of them will not be great in April. But if you're Ollie Marmel, you can look at you could take a step back and say with with zero doubt, best best guys will play. If you hit, you play. We've talked about that before. If you hit, you play. It could truly actually apply this time. Exactly. There's no contracts either. There are no contracts. Your contracts are the are the guys that are playing. Wilson Contreras has a contract. Well, he's your everyday starter catcher. Nolan Arenado is your Everyday third baseman. He's got a contract. Paul Goldschmidt. That's it. Nobody else has a contract. So you don't even have to play the the roster politics, the payroll politics. No. You legit have the best player option available to you this this spring or this this regular season. Anthony, you made a good point the other day. Thank you, Marsh. I appreciate yeah, that. Absolutely. Thank you. The other day, not today. Yeah. Well, I'm getting there. Well, maybe we'll uh, reiterate your good point from the other day that. The games in April matter just as much as the ones in September. And can you imagine missing, let's just, let's say this team does win the Central, but if you have a chance to earn a bye, yeah. 
I mean, that's huge. Like you want, you want, like you said, you want the best players playing at that time. And yeah, I I don't really care if you know we want to make a guy feel better because oh he had a a tough a tough ending the last season. Like, right. Who cares? No, Play the new, best players. That was then. This is now. Exactly. So you can roll here. It's a great problem. Great problem to have. It's the fast lane on 101 ESPN. Is City SC better than pundits anticipated? If the answer is yes, then why? Why have they seemingly got off to not only a fast start, but are better than maybe people think? That's next on 101 ESPN. The smartest way to do your homework is Heckman Lumber. Warm weather means homework for homeowners. And if your homework means a new deck, then turn to the deck experts at Hackman Lumber. Browse the largest inventory of decking materials and deck accessories in Missouri at Hackman Lumber Company. Talk with their experts about treated lumber, cedar, timber tech, trex, evergreen, and azek to find the best deck for you. Check out endless choices of railings, balusters, and LED deck lighting options. Hackman Lumber Company will not be undersold on in-stock decking materials guaranteed. You can choose to do it yourself with Hackman's expert advice, or they can recommend reputable contractors to do the work for you. Hackman Lumber is an authorized Yeti dealer and also stocks a large assortment of grills, so celebrate summer with a new Big Green Egg, Weber Gas, or Charcoal Grill, and all of the accessories from Hackman Lumber. Come visit their showrooms in St. Charles, Pacific, and Troy, Missouri, or online at hackmanstl.com. We're right back to the Fast Lane Podcast, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. Playing with two strikers in the first half helped us tremendously trying to put pressure on the back line. Okay, so Joaquini had a really good game in my opinion. Emptied the tank, worked hard for the group and uh, committed both sides of the ball. It worked tirelessly. And then we start making a few tactical switches. You know, Leuven can play a 10, Leuven can play the 6. You know, he's suited to the 8. So, you know, when we have the ball, we know we can try and get him the ball and he becomes the 8 slash 10 now and, and get up the field. And then Blom becomes an, uh, you know, a big moment for him because then he gives the balance to, to Leuven. So I think there's little pieces of this puzzle that we know we're still far from finished and far from polished, but we can see with a couple of tweaks where this can start moving us to. That's City Head Coach Bradley Carnell. Let me translate some of that for you, Jamie. <laughs> Let me translate some of that for the people that yeah. uh, might not be up to speed yet Go on ahead, soccer. please, Anthony. What he was saying is his boys, they do that soccer well. Yep. And when they start to get into some trouble, they remember that they just got to do soccer harder and faster than anybody else, and their opponent mm. will respect how hard they do that soccer. Yeah. That's what our guy Bradley Carnell was saying there. I totally agree with you. And uh, also, Bradley Carnell could tell me anything. I'm going to listen. Yeah. I love the sound of his voice. Like He's got that voice of like a leader that – He's really sure of himself. Damn right he is. Which is great because you want a head coach or a, a you know a manager or whatever to be like, yeah, this is the way we're doing it. And the best part is, is I feel like he's been vindicated because a year ago when we talked to Bradley Carnell, I believe on this very show, he talked about a blue collar uh, mentality. Heck, we had just gotten off the phone with Craig Berube, I think, and so we was like fresh on the brain, and he said all the right things, you know. We're going to play with pace. We're going to push. We're going to be up there. We're going to be tenacious. We're going to be gritty. We're going to be, ah, ah, ah. of course you are. Yep. Of course you are. So they are. Right. And so now, you know what? I feel like not only is he vindicated, but I feel like he's on to the, he's onto something here. And are they better than everybody expected? Of course they are. 
Nobody expected them to be like, they're like, I don't even know. Like, they're looking at the schedule. I'm not really sure when they're going to get their first win. Yeah. How about their first game? Bam. I like that. I was looking through some of the predictions heading into the season earlier today. And at best, they were kind of a middle ground between where Atlanta's expansion team was and Cincinnati's expansion team was. So Atlanta finished, I believe, fourth in their first year and then won it their second. They were like an anomaly. And then Cincinnati just really struggled to establish themselves. So the the predictions were kind of like in between that. We're like, ah, they're not going to be in Atlanta. They're not going to be Atlanta, but they're also not going to be Cincinnati. Like that's yeah. just kind of middle of the road, maybe challenge for a playoff they're spot. They're going to go undefeated. They're going to go undefeated, I think, is the – yeah. MLS Cup here. Last time we said a team would go undefeated, what they turned into the St. Louis Blues. What? Anthony did that. You're not allowed to say no, it. No, I did. Right. Yeah, no, you're right. I did do that. Did. I did. <laughs> I did. I even believe you did this to see. I even believe oh. you said the Battlehawks would go undefeated, oh, and they hey. lost last week too. Is this yeah, why, I did. Is this was this your plan the whole time? You're from Chicago. Were you putting that bad juju on us? Hey, you got it right this time. I just took a guess. <laughs> you're from Chicago. Probably. Hey, Marshy, help me. Rip his shirt off. I bet he's got a freaking Cubs oh, tattoo. Hey, oh, hey, Look hold on. Hold on. <laughs> There's Hold Cubs right there. Whoa! Hold on. Unbelievable. I did Get say Get me my that. home tattoo kit. We're changing this. I did say that about the Blues and the Battlehawks. I believed. You didn't. You didn't. You didn't. I'm Marsh, you didn't believe in <laughs> Is your... Is that a Chicago Fire you didn't tattoo, be, You didn't believe in your Blues. <laughs> and Jamie, you didn't believe in your Battlehawks. What the hell are you talking about? Hey, you know my rule. What rules? You got to believe. Tell me what your rule you is. You got to believe. Believe this. People didn't believe enough in Juan Soto becoming a Cardinal. And what happened? Fans didn't believe enough that Matthew Kachuk was going to be a blue. Are you blaming the happened? fans again? Yeah. <laughs> this guy's a psychopath. Unbelievable. This From is insane. Chicago, he puts that... Evil juju on St. Louis teams, and now he brings up Matthew Kachuk and blames the fans. The Blues won in 2019. I want it every year. <laughs> Anthony, <laughs> I want it all the time. I know you do, Jamie. Yeah, I do. I know you do. I love winning. So why why are why were pundits so far? Why were pundits wrong? That's my question on this. Anthony, we had a good one here. 636. Uh, all that chest hair is just to hide his Anthony Rizzo breast tattoo. He's a Yankee. Yeah, you don't care. <laughs> That's why you wear that that chest hair. It's like a looking it. like a sweater that Grandma knit. Well, <laughs> you know. <laughs> Unbelievable. Anthony, you're our Wookie. Thank you. Anyways. Why has SC, in the early going, surpassed the expectations of pundits? I don't know why. Well, I think well, I think the expectations, like you said, were like mid to low. Mm-hmm. And I think that although we're two games in with two massive wins, one on the road in your first game ever, huge. Your first game at home, huge. Now, what's next? And I know it's terrible to do that. But as a fan base and as... Um, sports talk show people it's always the what's next it just is so what's next for city yes can they go three and oh 
when they play one of the top dogs, how do they play? How, what does it look like? There's always another They won test. against a top dog. In well, week Austin, one. Austin was a good team. They weren't like one of the top teams. Everybody said that was the yeah, – ba- They're basically the – I think they're like a top five team. 2009 Yankees. I think maybe they're like a five to ten team. I'm talking like one through five. When you get one of the big dogs, and Anthony, why are you, why do you, why the hell do you do that? Why do you screw with my rhythm? I had a point to make, and you always just jump in. Oh yeah, that's only me. Only on the show. Marshy said it the other day, and I didn't believe him. He tried to play audio back for me, uh-huh. and I was like, "No, nah, it's not our guy." And now, Marshy, you want? I see it now. I see it. You know what, Jamie? Go ahead, Anthony. You know what? Never mind what I was going to say. I do. I just don't even know why you interrupt all the time. I. You know, I listen. Uh, I got to get better. I got to be better overall. I'll look. I'll listen back, and I'll get better on that. And I just want to say one thing to you. No, I don't want an apology. Actually, I don't. It wasn't going to be that. Oh, I know it wasn't. But I don't want it. Whatever you're about to spew out of that pie hole, I don't want it. Yeah, at all. Keep it to yourself, Anthony. You internalize that crap, okay? And you keep it to yourself. Jamie. Nope. Not going to do it. I'm sorry. Nope. Nope. Why are teams out on Lamar? Here on the Fast Lane Bet next. Bet you feel that way. Damn it, he got it in there. We're right back to the Fast Lane Podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. Whereas you might think that there would be a parade of teams lining up, it doesn't seem to be going that way early on. Now, all it takes is one team, and I can't even believe we're talking about this and like this for a player as talented as Lamar Jackson. That was Adam Schefter reporting on Lamar Jackson. It's your guy, Sheffy. There he is, Sheffy. All six foot two of them. That's right. Uh, that's, that's high. <laughs> I'm a foot off. A little bit. Uh, That's Jamie Rivers. I'm Anthony Stalter. It's the Fast Lane on 101 ESPN. So the Ravens came out yesterday. They announced that they have placed the non-exclusive tag on Lamar Jackson. That means that Lamar Jackson is free to negotiate with any team in the NFL and come to an agreement, and the Ravens have first right uh, to match it. If they match it, Lamar Jackson goes goes back to Baltimore. If they don't, they receive... Two first-round picks. Here's the problem. Apparently, nobody's interested in Lamar Jackson, 26-year-old former MVP quarterback that could change the direction of most franchises in the NFL. Unanimous MVP, Unanimous. One of only two in the history of the award. The Dolphins reportedly will not pursue Lamar Jackson, although that one's a little tricky because they don't don't have a first-round pick this year. But the Commanders do. Commanders reportedly not, not pursuing him. Panthers, same deal. Falcons, same deal. Raiders, same deal. We all see what's going on here. No, hang on. Before we go down that road, okay. <clears throat> I want to ask you a question. Because you and I are both, I think we're in lockstep of where we think this is headed. Mm-hmm. But before we get to that, do you feel at all like this is a negotiation tactic from some of these teams? We're not interested. We're not interested. All of a sudden, all right, Lamar. We could be interested, mm-hmm. but obviously we're not totally sold. So your expectations of a contract have to be lower 
If they are, of course, we're interested. But right now, what we think, what we think we're hearing, we're out. Do you think it's any tactic like that? It might be. What's the benefit then? Just get them at a lower cost. Lower cost with less commitment for his term. I imagine though the panic, the panic situation for Lamar, sure. a little bit. Yeah, I don't. I don't know about that. I don't think it's that at all. To be honest, I, I shouldn't say that. I think it's a possibility. But the one thing that I truly think it is mm-hmm. collusion. Yeah, Anthony. On what earth does it make sense to take one of the best players at the most important position in the NFL and not be interested mm-hmm. when you have? A void of quarterbacks on so many teams. Quite honestly, there's teams with current quarterbacks that should be considering cutting their quarterback in order to sign Lamar. Like who? Joe Burrow, Justin Herbert, who are untouchables in your in your mind right now? That, Mahomes, Burrow, yep, yep, Herbert, okay, Josh Allen, okay. That's it. Trevor Lawrence. Because of his age, I, yeah, yeah, pre- yes. In terms of like the Jaguars moving on from uh-huh. him, yeah, no. Because I'm looking around, I'm looking through the league, Anthony, and, and just like you described, maybe uh, did you say Jalen Hurts? I didn't. Okay, but I think Lamar's better than Jalen Hurts, but it's pretty tough to argue with the guy that got his team to the Super Bowl. Sure. Think oh, about, that's it. Think about that. All of those teams that have quarterbacks that are inferior. Mm-hmm. Or at least on the level where they wouldn't make that lateral move for Lamar Jackson. This is this is ridiculous. It stinks of collusion. Yeah, and it's it's not right. And I think I honestly go back to I think it's because he has no representation as well. I the think, NFLPA is going to have to get on its horse here. I think it's I think it's a problem. I think that is a problem. But we can all you can blame the Browns. The Browns are the reason why teams have decided we're not we're not even going to. Talk to Lamar. The Browns signed Deshaun Watson to an absolutely ridiculous, full, fully guaranteed, two hundred and whatever million dollars. So why were contract. they allowed to do it? Why didn't the owners get mad at them, Anthony? They are. That's this is the byproduct. They they are mad at them because you had this like ladder situation going on with quarterbacks. The la- the next guy to get paid got more than the last guy, and you have this natural progression where you got. Okay, even though the money is out of hand, you still had a natural, linear progression of what you were going to pay quarterbacks. Mm. And the Browns, who wanted to redo their quarterback situation again, and who were competing with the Panthers and the Falcons and the Saints a year ago for Deshaun Watson, said, we need to do something because we just ticked off Mayfield. Remember, Baker Mayfield had poop in his drawers last year. And Baker Mayfield wanted to be traded. So what the Browns did was, let's just take the sledgehammer to the fly. We're going to go up over the top here. Deshaun Watson reportedly was out on Cleveland. He was settling between one of those NFC South teams that I just mentioned. And then the Browns said, we'll fully guarantee the contract. Here's your money. And Deshaun Watson goes, okay. I love Cleveland. I love Cleveland. Cleveland rocks is what he said. Yes, Jamie, I agree. They're colluding. They're colluding because they want to redo what the Browns just but did. But it's at an epic level, Anthony. No time have I ever seen in the history of the NFL, and I could be wrong, and if I am, you correct me, please. No time have I ever seen teams publicly announce we're not interested in a player. Why? 
Why? Without the purpose of letting everybody else know? By the way, hey, guys, remember that phone call we had or that secret email that we had? Hey, wink, wink, we're in. Mm. We're not interested. Did we do it right? Yeah, you did it right. Guess what? We're not in either. Oh, yeah, okay, good. We're all in this together, right? Why else would you publicly announce you're not interested in a player? No, I agree, because they're colluding, because they're trying to reset like, the QB was, market again. If it was a Trevor Bauer situation, uh-huh. by the way, okay, and I'm just, I'm, I'm loose comparison here. Teams, MLB teams, there may be a couple who have publicly said we're not interested in Trevor Bauer mm-hmm. for obvious reasons, but nobody went out of their way to immediately say we're not interested in Trevor Bauer. Lamar Jackson, who by all standards seems like a great All-American guy. Yeah. I have no idea. He's off field. I've never heard one negative thing about the guy. I've never heard that he's bad in the locker room. I've never heard that he doesn't try hard. Uh, did he stay out of the the at the end of the season when he probably could have played? Maybe, maybe. But if that's what you're going to use against him, it doesn't. It, it's awful. It's awful right now the way the the collusion is working against an athlete who deserves better. Okay, but look. Warren Warren Sharp of Sharp Football tweeted this out. He goes, okay, let's see here. And I agree with what he's saying. But he goes, so Kyler Murray gets, and he lists the, the guaranteed money, which is, you know, 189.5 in guaranteed money for Kyler Murray after proving nothing as a starter. Aaron Rodgers, 150 million guaranteed at 38 years old. Deshaun Watson, 230 million guaranteed over 20 lawsuits were filed against him for sexual misconduct, and he sat out a full season. And you're telling me there are a half dozen teams, most of which have been terrible for years, posted terrible records for years, years, had to cycle through two to three quarterbacks because they have no elite options and have no franchise quarterback on the roster, can decide in less than an hour they don't want a 26-year-old quarterback in his prime who won the MVP. Go back through. Go back through what what these other teams paid out to the two quarterbacks that you mentioned first. Kyler Murray, 189.5 guaranteed. Aaron Rodgers, 150 million guaranteed. It's a big jump to go from 189.5 million to 230 million fully guaranteed. Guys, it's th- that is the problem. That's the, the Browns paying Deshaun Watson but it doesn't all mean of you that can money in guaranteed money. Doing, Anthony. What do you mean? It doesn't just because one owner overpaid doesn't mean the rest of the league can now collude to reset the market. Doesn't Lamar, mean that. Lamar, Lamar Jackson said no to the Ravens, whatever the offer was. I highly doubt the Baltimore Ravens lowballed Lamar Jackson. He wants the same thing he as wants Deshaun more. Watson. It, he wants He's even more. He's better than Deshaun Watson. He is. But if you're, if you're the owners, do you want... The, what the Browns did was completely idiotic. So what the rest of the owners are, right, wrong, or indifferent, I'm not telling you you should agree with this, but the rest of the owners said, I'm not paying for the Browns' sins. Great, then shut up and don't pay for it. So what do you want them to do? Nothing. Shut up. They don't have to be, and we had one text say, oh, nobody out publicly came out. No, they, they through their social media, they retweeted and liked things saying that their team were not interested. The Atlanta Falcons literally retweeted the quote of they're not interested in Lamar Jackson. Okay, but that's that's so some that's, your, that's somebody within the organization that was hired at $25,000 to tweet that crap, and, you know? and, but, but those people, you're right, Anthony, those people go rogue all the time, right? No, they don't. They lose their job or they do as they're told. Okay, well. The social media department, that's literally, and if, if that person was not okay to do it, mm-hmm. 
I can guarantee you that that retweet would be coming down right after they fire that person. It wouldn't still be out there in the universe. All right, fair enough, but that's not but that, that's not the same thing as saying Arthur Blank, the owner, coming out and saying, I, I don't want Anthony, to talk to Lamar Jackson. Come on. When somebody and his staff mm-hmm. okays that retweet or the to whatever, and if it's not taken down, that's condoned. So therefore, Arthur Blank is in some shape or form backing up that action. Okay, that, Jamie, that's fine. Again, I'm telling you what I think is going on. I agree that they're colluding, but I'm telling you this is why. The the Browns blanked up, and now owners are like, we no, we're not doing that. We're I don't, not, we're not going to give we're not going to give Lamar twenty two hundred and fifty million I do in guarantee. Blame the owners. He's it's missed ten fr- games the past two seasons. It's I blame your own freaking one, fault, though, owners. I blame All one owner. You blame one. I don't blame the owners for not. You don't blame to... the guy in Arizona for giving Kyler Murray that crap contract. I don't blame. Look the at the t- money that guy got. No, he's, the teams he that sucks. The teams that don't want to pay that money. I don't blame them because they look at some of these other teams and they, and they're like, wow. They got they're guaranteeing that guy all that money. He's not even playing right now. Right. Why should we give the money to a guy that also can't finish the season healthy? Mm-hmm. I don't care how good he is, and I don't blame Lamar Jackson for wanting that money either because sure. he's better than Deshaun Watson. Absolutely, and he's so saying they're kind of at like a standstill right now. Yeah, he's. And saying, I don't know how it how it sorry, ends. Mark. No, you're good. Thanks for ruining my rhythm. My bad. But. My bad. I did it too. <laughs> yep. I'm, I'm a terrible up. human being. You can text in there. Comfort service text line 314-399-9646. My name is Anthony Stalter and I'm an awful human being. Go ahead and fire away. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to text in myself <laughs> and, <laughs> um, and say how nice you are. No, but with Lamar, you're right, Marsh. Lamar looks at it and says, exactly, I'm better than Deshaun Watson and I don't have over 20 lawsuits that were filed against me when I'm, when I'm in search of that. Mm-hmm. Okay, the Browns messed up. Well, now I'm here to collect even more than that. They reset the bar. But you're wondering, are NFL owners colluding? Yeah. Yes, they are. And maybe I'm completely wrong on this. I don't know any other reason why the teams that were mentioned yesterday that don't have quarterbacks wouldn't be interested. Outside of the fact that they don't want to give any player Two hundred and fifty million in guaranteed money. Also, because there's, in my opinion, quarterbacks that are better than Lamar Jackson. Well, maybe so now not. those guys, if they want to restructure their deal, now they're going to be asking for more money. Well, it doesn't matter. Everybody now is using Deshaun Watson as the the measuring stick. But no I'm matter saying who your quarterback is. If Lamar correct. Jackson were to, yeah, but it doesn't get matter more he, than that. Yeah, okay, fine. But they're still going to use whoever for the sure. top dollar is. If they believe they're better, they're always going to use that. Mm-hmm. Like Daniel Jones. So the Deshaun Watson contract, although I understand with 100, percent it's almost a throwaway because nobody then, if that's the basis that. It's going to be used from now on. Like nobody's going to get that money. You got to throw away that one. Then the next top tiered guy under Deshaun Watson is the measuring stick now. Exactly. I and I'm fine with that. But the next superstar quarterback, which is Lamar, that's up for contract, he doesn't want to be the guy that doesn't use Deshaun Watson as the leverage. He wants to use that. What you just described. So until Lamar Jackson takes less than Deshaun Watson. 
That's going to be out there the whole time. So what the what the owners need is for Lamar Jackson to take less than Deshaun Watson so that they can from now on go, that Deshaun Watson contract, we don't use that one. Because, look, Lamar didn't get his money either, so Lamar's the measuring stick, or so-and-so is. But until Lamar Jackson agrees to take less guaranteed money, Deshaun Watson's contract's still in play. Exactly. I know. Exactly. Owners want to reset the market. The QB market. They exactly. can't do it. They, they can't really. They, they can try to do it, but it's not right. It wasn't right what Cleveland did. Well, it was stupid. Exactly. Doing something stupid and not right is different. Okay. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. All right. Let's uh, let's talk back. Let's, let's jump back into the Cardinals here. What will decide the 26-man roster? How much will spring stats actually matter? This next, I want to win ESPN. We're right back to the Fast Lane Podcast, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. Five, your time trick is brought to you by Clarkson Jewelers, an officially licensed Rolex jeweler. What will decide the 26-man roster for the Cardinals? We could talk about how spring spring training doesn't necessarily matter for stats, but I would push back this year. If stats are going to matter for Jordan Walker, then stats need to matter, and not just stats, but how how every player looks. You know, it's it's different when you're driving the ball and maybe you're just simply driving the ball or, or hitting into you know hard outs and things like that compared to uh, when you're getting on base and some soft liners are getting through and all that. It's how a, a player looks, how, he, how you know he feels in the batter's box. It's not just about stats. But for the sake of the argument, if we're going to talk about Jordan Walker and his statistics and how they apply, they're going to apply for everybody in, in a similar way. Marsh, you had brought this up in the office earlier, and I, th- I think you're right. You could say, well, Jordan Walker's just doing this in spring training. Well, nobody else is doing this. Nobody else has three home runs and seven RBIs, and well, you know the OPS is well over a thousand, hitting over four hundred, slugging nearly nine hundred. Nobody else is doing that. So I do think that statistics, when it comes to the twenty-six man roster, does matter this year. And I think when it comes to whether or not you know, not only going to Jordan Walker makes the roster guys, but how they, how they shuffle things up with the outfield, how they set that up, how they set this up with the DH. I do think spring training matters this year. So here's my deal with spring training, and here's what I've decided to use as my own thought. And you can come along for the ride with me, or you can call me an idiot. I don't really care. It's fine. Spring training is spring training for everybody. So if you use the argument of, well, it's only spring training, if that's the case, why didn't the other guy do good? Like, if it's only spring training, and younger guys I'm talking about, the older guys, I get it. They're seasoned. They get out there. I remember training camps, too. I didn't really have the luxury of ever just kind of waltzing through a training camp. I was always playing for my life, hockey life, that is, to be on the team, to guarantee my spot and whatnot. But I recognized guys who had nothing to worry about. Mm -hmm. Like, you don't need to go in there and be 0 to 100 if you're Paul Goldschmidt. Although I feel like the big fundy brings it all the time, so does Arenado. I think that's why they're great leaders, but they don't have to. Spring training is spring training. I want to work on a swing. I want to try something new. I want to do this. You go ahead. But for your outfield right now, 
It's playoff time for all of them. O'Neal, you're making five million bucks. Big deal. Big deal. We sat. We sent Paul DeYoung down last year. What was he making? Nine, eleven? I forget what it was. We sent him down AAA last year. We don't care. So your five million doesn't just play. And so, therefore, the argument of spring training for me falls on deaf ears right now pertaining to this outfield group and as well for the DH discussion. Mm -hmm. Because if it's just spring training, then why aren't they all killing it? Why aren't they all sitting there with a 1,300 OPS if it's just spring training? It is, but you better outperform the guy that's sitting across from you in the clubhouse. Right. And so that's why this year I put more into spring training is that you have a group of individuals who have not separated themselves from the pack. They're all clustered in together. Jordan Walker, he's separated himself. He's well, he's way out ahead right now. So now for me, it's a fight for second. Who's going to step up and be the second best player in spring training? And this is why for me, spring training is important this year to that cluster of players. When you look at the roster, you also finally have a, a bench that that could be very competitive. I remember Matt Carpenter's final year here, so that was what two years uh, ago. That that bench was rough, and Mike Schilt. You didn't have a bench. You didn't, and Mike Schilt. Could you imagine being being the manager in that spot, and you're late in a game, and maybe your starter is struggling? And I don't mean starter as in starting pitcher, but you know one of your starters that's a position player is struggling. You look down, you look down your bench, and. Your options are, you know, one of your best options is Matt Carpenter, who, great year last year, rebound season, but the, the final two years here in St. Louis were ugly. Yeah. You didn't have a, you're right, Jamie, you didn't have a bench. You really didn't have a bench. So if Jordan Walker makes makes the club, you're going to have a fourth outfielder that could start on a lot of a lot of teams this year. You're going to have either Juan Yepes or Gorman, depending on the day and the situation, you know, the opposing starter. Well, you're gonna have one of those guys. That's a lot. That's that's pop off the bench. Paul DeYoung, say what you want, but that's some power off the bench this year. Your bench is gonna be better this season. Mm-hmm. So I think the Cardinals are finally in a spot where we look at the position players, and I know the conversation for a lot of Cardinals fans turns into, okay, well, why can't you trade Tyler O'Neill or trade Dylan Carlson or trade one of these guys if Jordan Walker makes the team? You could. But what's the compensation? Because if Tyler O'Neill, let's just say hypothetically, fetches you a, a, a mid-level prospect, is that mid-level prospect worth more to you right now than Tyler O'Neill as a fourth outfielder? No. You don't Even for a year. Yeah, you don't have to trade a player just to accommodate the player. It, it, or, you don't have to trade a player either, Jamie, just to simply get something in return because you know – they're likely to walk yeah. next year. No, I, if I'm if I'm sitting there and I have a Tyler O'Neill or a Dylan Carlson or even a Lars Newbar for that matter, I'm challenging them. I'm challenging them to outduel each other. You don't like your spot right now in the, on the roster? Change it. Mm-hmm. Change it. Because if you hit, look at I'm proving it to you right now. If you hit, you play. So go ahead and take care of that, and you'll play. Right. It's as simple as that. We get a text here from three one four. Uh, talking about spring training, says, good point on spring training, but is Walker doing it against major league pitching or pitchers that won't make the show? Here's there's my a, argument to that. a mix, but yeah, go ahead. Uh, my original point holds water here, too. If if it's minor league pitching, why isn't Dylan Carlson going yard all the time? Why isn't, you know, all the other guys, why aren't Juan Yepes and all, why aren't those guys just raking as well? 
the, the, whatever your argument is, it applies to all parties involved. Sure. And for that matter, Jordan Walker is hitting Major League Bay. He had to, Garrett Cole today, mm-hmm. he ripped a line drive for a single. I think he got an RBI out of it, too. So that, that specific play he didn't, but no, you're right, Jamie. He he hit against Garrett Cole. His first home run came against Johnny Cueto. Johnny Cueto, the old Ciudo himself. <laughs> and not that it's Johnny Cueto from you know five years ago, but it's nonetheless, a it's a major league pitcher. Player. Yep. Like we always have the what if, the what if, the right. yeah, but you're, okay. There's always going to be a yeah, but that's fine. If your yeah, but is about Jordan Walker, great. But then use the same yeah, but get, uh, for the other cluster of players that are in the same boat as him. You're absolutely right. That's Jamie Rivers. I'm Anthony Stalter. Nick Saban brought up an interesting point today with the media about, you know, player uh, NIL money, things like that, and how it applies to the NCAA. And he's he's got a suggestion for the NCAA, but it doesn't really hold water. We'll get into that next on one of these. We're right back to the Fast Lane Podcast, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. The best teams are going to be the teams that have the most money to spend. We don't have a salary cap, so it's not equal for everybody. It's not like the NFL. I would much rather see us adopt the NFL model than be where we are right now. Players, they can become employees, which a lot of people in college are, that that's not sort of what college football or amateur sports are supposed to be. But I would rather see that than to be where we are now, where no one has a contract. You can leave whenever you want, and we we can actually create an institution that can pay you to play for our school. I asked the question then, and I'll ask you now, is that what we want college football to become? That was Nick Saban, head coach of Alabama, on No Mercy with Stephen A. Smith talking about NIL money. And if you missed it, just to reiterate, Nick Saban's Nick, Nick Saban's saying, hey, I don't think it's fair that not everybody is spending, can spend the same when it comes to NIL money. What's he crying about? He's not wrong. He's not wrong about. But when it comes to Jamie adopting the NFL model, I, I don't want to. I don't want to steal your point, Jamie, because you you had made this in the in the office to me. So go ahead, because I think it's the point is well made. Well, so the. <laughs> There's a couple of things I definitely want to unpack uh, off of what Nick Saban said. But my first my first thought right away was, what the hell is he complaining about? He, it, Nick Saban only does something like this if it doesn't play to his advantage. So what's happening is some of the schools with deeper pockets or alumni with deeper pockets or more willing to spend money or partners willing to – are starting to affect Nick Saban. And that's the only reason Nick Saban cares, is that the the playing field is somewhat leveled now in recruiting because some of the schools, although they don't recruit as well as Nick Saban or they don't have a good, as good of a team as Nick Saban, they have more money or more money to give you. Mm-hmm. So it's leveled it out a little bit. That's the only reason Nick Saban cares, truly. Um, but if you did adopt a salary cap where each player is only allowed to have so much NIL money, we're going back to the brown bag at that point. Right. And what I mean by that is you can picture back in the day the old lunch bag full of money that they hand to somebody behind a you know a, a, a Walmart somewhere they meet up and they, hey by the way here's 50 grand little Timmy's going to play tight end at uh, OSU. <laughs> like you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like that's all you're going to do is you're going to push things back to that. There'll be then the NCAA will have to get, redo the whole like investigating and all this crap because that's what's going to happen. I don't want it to be that way. And I think the Wild West, the way it is right now, is wrong. 
One thing I did like there that Nick Saban said was that uh, a contract, and uh, you've heard me talk about this before. To me, there has to be some commitment from the player too, not just the school, because the players now, they get benched, they don't like their playing time, that's it, they hit the transfer portal, I'm out of here. Or there's more NIL money somewhere else. I got my one-time transfer. I'm out of here. I don't like that. Because if you're a coach or a program, you're trying to build a program. You can't just have you can't just be at gunpoint all the time by some of your players. I realize some most of the best players don't necessarily do that, but either way, I do like the thought of having to honor your four years at a school. If that coach leaves. You can automatically enter the transfer portal right away. But if that coach is there and you agreed to go there, you play out your four years, man. It is a four-year contract that you're signing. I'm not worried about the financials. not worried about the NIL money. I'm talking about just playing football because too many kids now get recruited by a coach um, and then that coach leaves and they get screwed over because mm-hmm. a new guy comes in. They don't play them, this, that, the other. So I'm okay. Your your coach leaves, you can leave too. If your coach stays, you've signed that letter of commitment, you're here for four years. NIL money aside, I like that model. Now, as far as the money itself, treating them like employees, I don't hate it. If you're an employee making, let's say they're making $100,000 a year with benefits too, and their family maybe receives benefits too. Just like, you know, we have jobs that have benefits. We can have our children on the benefit list with us or our spouses or whatever, why not allow these college kids to get full benefits? Some of their families could really reap that as far as like medical coverage and things like that. Maybe you do that. I know I'm way in the weeds yeah, on that's this. A slip, that's a slippery slope. Oh, no, why? I, I don't know if I agree with that, the, like the insurance aspect of it. don't want people to be it. taken care of. <laughs> Playing it fast and loose with the whole <laughs> student athlete thing. I, I have always been on the side of... I, <laughs> If you, if somebody is going to benefit from a likeness, it should be the person that it, it it's likenesses. You know, if you're if you're a player and you sign autographs and the school is getting that money or somebody else is getting that money, that never makes that never made sense to me. You're the player. That's my likeness. That's my autograph. That's my jersey number. That's my name. You're benefiting off that. Mm-hmm. I've always been on the side of the the player should should benefit from his or, his or her likeness but when it comes to you know benefits and things like that i, I think that's a slippery slope but i do like your idea of limiting the transfer after you made the commitment that's tough for somebody that makes a mistake you know cuz what do you what do you say Jamie when it comes to an you know an adult agreeing to a contract with the job and then 30 days in you hate it yeah but anthony you made a decision you did but it's also a free country and we can get out of that decision but it isn't really in some ways because then why can't lamar jackson find a contract right now well he can it's a free just, country he can or, or, or let's so let's take a different player okay let's take uh, a player that's currently under contract that they're so you're a denver bronco player you're currently under a four-year contract, and they just hired Sean Payton as the head coach, and you hate Sean Payton. Mm-hmm. You can't leave. 
Right. It's not a free country. You're right. It, because there is because there is a contract. There's a contract. So why do you sign a contract? If you the contract has to be fair both ways. Mm-hmm. To the employer and the employee. So the employer can't just sit there and get rid of you, per se. They got to honor the contract or at least pay you out for your contract. Right. Whereas the employee still can't just get up one day and be like, I'm out. Screw you. I want to go over here to your competitor and work there. But a, but, a, but a, an employee that does not have a contract can do that. Yeah. So that's- I know, but using the employee thing as far as like your everyday business doesn't apply to this because- this is more like pro sports, where the contracts are guaranteed. You know what I'm saying? Sure. So you're saying if, if you're going to get an NIL money, mm-hmm. you need to sign a contract. You need to sign a contract. Okay. You're committed right. to it. If that's you're fine. not going to get NIL money, then that's fine. Go do whatever the hell you want. Okay, that's fine. Fair. I like your idea, though, because I was going to I was gonna ask you, okay, what about the coach? Because you had said you, need, you, you agreed for your contract. Well, coaches aren't always held to that standard. Nope. They'll— They'll leave. You know, Brian Brian Kelly goes from Notre Dame to LSU. What about him? What about him? But you could explain that if the coach jets, that contract becomes null and void. You if have the you option want. right you away. You have the option. Yeah, you can I like enter that. the transfer portal or you can stick it out. I want to go back to Nick Saban here for a second, though. Nick Saban, to your earlier point, does not do anything that is not calculated. That he he doesn't just say things. He doesn't just go on to Stephen A. Smith's podcast. Out of the goodness of his of his heart, he's got a point. And when mm-hmm. you think about Nick Saban, you think about the advantages that he has from a competitive standpoint. Because trust me on this one, I've I've studied Nick Saban, I've read the books. You you get a good sense of how he ticks. Nick Saban knew when it was when there was no nil money, he had a competitive advantage. He recruited better than anybody. He coached better than anybody. And he could sit in the living room and look a family and the son in the eye and say, I can get you to the NFL. And the track record was there. Mm -hmm. He had that advantage. Now with the NIL money, believe it or not, there are other bigger, richer universities out there. One of them's Texas. Texas can spend at will. But USC. USC can spend at will if it wants to. Yeah. There are other programs that can spend more than Bama. This is the reason why I said that. He knows, to your point, there's a there's a competitive balance now, at least. He can still recruit I'll recruit him, but he not, might not be able to offer as much money. He doesn't do anything without having the long game in play. 100%. And the cap situation would not work in the NCAA. It wouldn't, because you're right. There would be loopholes, and now we got investigations again. And you'd have somebody's cousin receiving a bag of money or right. a brand new home just mysteriously pops up somewhere. Like you'd go back to the same crap that's been going on forever, yeah. which is why they tried to get it all out in the open. Exactly. Yeah. All right, it's Fast Lane on 101 ESPN. What's trending is next. We're right back to the Fast Lane Podcast, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. It's time to find out what's going on in the sports world with What's Trending Now, brought to you by Goodwill. Donate a car and get tickets to the St. Louis Cardinals. Welcome back to the Fast Lane here on 101 ESPN. Anthony Stalter, Jamie Rivers, I'm Andrew Marsh, and it's time for What's Trending. 
Guys, I saw a tweet today from Derek Gould. He quote tweeted the game day MLB. And it looks like Lars Nupar and his pepper grinder celebration have gone international. As it looked like uh, over in Japan, all these little kids who were playing baseball. It was on the news. Everyone doing the pepper grinder. <laughs> all you ever need for anything to go viral, we'll call it, is a celebrity to share it, retweet it, or wear your t-shirt or anything like that. In this case, Shohei Otani, the greatest baseball player currently in the world, uh, he did the old pepper grinder playing for Japan as he's running around third base. That's all you <laughs> needed. Now you have uh, an entire world, a globe of people now doing the old pepper grinder. Congratulations, well, Lars. Lars should have Lars should have copyrighted that. He should have. Because you're right. It's definitely going to go down as, oh, it's Shohei Otani's thing. Mm -hmm. Shohei's doing the pepper grinder. He can do that all the way here to St. St. Louis, Louis yeah, baby. Absolutely. That would be unfortunate. That's like saying a really funny joke, no one hearing it, and then the guy next to you saying the exact same funny joke and everyone laughing. Did you, One of the worst feelings ever. Did you ever see the uh, Key and Peel skit like that? I think so. I think I've seen it. Yeah, where the one, where one of them tells tells a joke to his buddy, and the buddy starts laughing. The teacher goes, "Now, you know, do you want to share that with everybody else?" And then he says the joke, and the entire class erupts yeah. laughing. That's pretty good. So, congrats to Lars Newbar. Hopefully, we'll see him doing the pepper grinder a lot in the regular season. Uh, moving on to the NFL. Obviously, we've touched on Lamar Jackson. Couldn't go a show without talking about Aaron Rodgers. Well, hang on a second, Marshy. Okay, Sorry. all right. This is, this is a prime example of what we just talked oh, about. boy. No, nothing wrong. Oh, I thought you were going to say. We all, what? like, sitting here, poor Lars Newbar, poor Lars Newbar. Andrew Kisner is the original pepper grinder oh, guy. Oh, that's right. Oh, no, no. We, <laughs> how do you think the Kiz Daddy feels? We screwed feels? Kiz Daddy. Kiz Daddy was the one who brought the pepper grinder from the restaurant to the dugout for Lars Newbar because they were talking about it. And Lars is the one who grabbed it, though, and, like, did it on TV. And it's that's <laughs> Lars's pepper grinder. I feel like Kiz Daddy's been vindicated. He's like, how do you like that, Lars? It's Otani's pepper grinder now. <laughs> I totally forgot from the 314. Never forget, Kiz actually came that's up. right. He did. Good See, call, we already forgot about Andrew Kisner. Oh, well man, done. Sorry, Marcia. Oh, no, oh you're sorry, good. Kiz Daddy. <laughs> you're good. You're good. Oh, man. Uh, anyways, Aaron Rodgers. Uh, this is an interesting nugget from Mike Garofalo, who is a part of NFL Network, he had this to say about Aaron Rodgers and the entire Jets and Packers trade situation. The fact that the Packers are letting Aaron Rodgers talk to other teams pretty much tells you that they're okay with him moving on. It's not a situation like, well, you're going to have to give us an offer that we can't refuse. No, it's going to be something where let's get as fair of compensation as we can to just move on and turn this thing over to Jordan Love in Green Bay. Uh, and the Jets have already had uh, communication with the Packers even before Rodgers uh, said that he would like to speak to the Jets. So that surely has come up along the way. I don't think there's going to be enough roadblocks along the way to stop this thing if Rodgers decides that that's where he wants to be. I find it interesting that perhaps the Jets might not have to give up a ton to get Aaron Rodgers because they have a, a lot of young players and a lot of their young talent, you know, really showed up this season for him. So them being able to keep some of those guys on the team to get Aaron Rodgers, I think, is huge. Well, going back to what the Jets may have to give up to get Aaron Rodgers, it's all about the market. 
and who's fighting over Aaron Rodgers. If if the Packers, if the reports are, are, are accurate and the Packers only want to deal Aaron Rodgers to the AFC, you're limited. The Chiefs have their quarterback. The Chargers have their quarterback. The Broncos have their quarterback, unfortunately for them. Yeah. The Jaguars <laughs> have their guy. Yes, the rest of the AFC needs quarterbacks, but the Colts are, are, are going to be in a spot to grab one of the top three quarterbacks in the draft. Same thing with the Texans. You're limited overall. You know, the Browns have their guy. The Ravens are trying to figure out what's going on with Lamar. It's probably just the Jets and the Raiders if you're looking at it from the AFC standpoint. And if the Raiders aren't calling you, then it's really just the Jets. You've got, yeah. Mm-hmm. And we know what just happened with the Saints getting Derek Carr. Had, had you know, the Saints maybe, the bottom line is the Jets are saying, hey, we know you want to get rid of this weirdo. We know that you've moved on. We'll here. take him. We'll take him off your a hands. Bag of balls. But we're not, we're not going to completely, you know, and Green Get, Bay, we're not going to give you three first-round picks here. To be fair here, too, Green Bay might not even really – not that they don't want anything in return, but if they are truly turning the page, that's a massive salary cap hit that you totally. can push out the door. That's what it sounded like what he was saying. That's, uh, Mike was kind of alluding to the fact that the Packers – Yeah, they want to be done. They're like, eh, you know, we don't need – some need type hassle. of deal that's yeah. really gonna yeah. blow us away. Like, we'll let's just kind of move on from plus, this dude. Plus, if, if that's the... offer us a hotel room, some people <laughs> have done that before. <laughs> Jamie really liked the hotel room yep. one time. Traded uh, a player for a night at the casino. When you, um, when, when, if you're the Packers and you say Best trade ever made, if if uh, if you do want to get rid of Aaron Rodgers, you're done. You're done with him, right? Aaron Rodgers, you don't want him to to, to rethink it. You don't want him to go in his next cave and say, yeah, you know what? I don't know. I want to go back to Green Bay. Yeah, no kidding. So if he says, you know, I, I'm good. I want to go to the Jets. Okay, done deal. Or I would entertain that. Okay. Goodbye. Yeah, see ya. <laughs> oh. Hey, Jets, he's all yours. Yeah, what's the deal? We don't know. We don't care. No. By the way, we do need a gauntlet contestant. So if you want to participate in the gauntlet, 314-399-9646. We'll do that in about 20 minutes. Last bit of news here, guys. I mentioned it in the Sports Center update, but Miles Michaelis taking the mound tonight for the United States of America, going up against Anthony's San Francisco Giants. I thought I was a Cub fan. You guys had me a Cub fan earlier. Well, it's a flo- this is a floating narrative. You're from a lot of places. Okay. You are. From a lot of places, including uh, Jamie said you were a Wookiee um, yes. earlier today, and they mm. live on the planet Kashyyyk. Oh, thanks, Mark. Yeah, so What'd another... You call him? Anyways, uh, what do you guys expect to see from (laughs) close Elijah one? (laughs) What do you expect to uh, see (laughs) from uh, from Moose tonight? Pure domination, utter domination. Yeah, like if they even touch the baseball, I'll be surprised. Yeah, if he doesn't have nine Ks, then I think you got to cut him. Yeah, I, I, you know what, Anthony, I don't agree with you very often. I totally agree with you on that. Thanks, Jamie. Mm -hmm. It's the Fast Lane on 101 ESPN. How do the Blues retool their defense? Let's talk about Michaelis a little bit more. All right, that's next on 101 ESPN. We're right back to the Fast Lane Podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. I looked at how how competent they were as a group of four last year. This year, 
that level hasn't been to the, that same level, but it's not like they're 37 or 38 years old. You know, they're in their early 30s, late late 20s, and early 30s. So, I think we have to put a we have to help them with our structure to, to give them a better opportunity, and then ultimately they have to get back to the level they they know they can play at. I'm not trying to hedge that. I, I just don't think that they've had the years that that they can have that they had they've had over their careers. That was Doug Armstrong. That was his press conference from last week. It's the Fastlane on 101 ESPN. Jamie Rivers, Anthony Stalter. He specifically, Doug Armstrong, was talking about what the Blues need to do to retool their defense. And, Jamie, we've spent some time talking about this this week. The contract situations for Nick Letty and Colton Pareko and Justin Falk and Tory Krug, uh, pardon the uh, the cliche, but it is what it is. I mean, these good, these guys aren't, aren't going any, anywhere. The contracts would be difficult to move. Even if Doug Armstrong wanted to, I'm not saying he, he does, but even if he wanted to, the contracts are going to be difficult to move. So how do you retool the defense? Uh, I And I ask this, Jamie, as somebody that, you know, obviously you're a former defensive defensive player, but also somebody that is a coach and a scout and somebody that knows what he's talking about from an X's and O's standpoint. These players. It's not just any defensive system. It's these players. How would you retool things? I know you got a lot of respect for – Craig Berube, this is not a Berube thing. This is no. a Jamie. How would you do? How would you retool the Blues defense with these specific players? Well, with the specific players that you have, um, look, Army's not wrong. They unfortunately they've all kind of sort of had this year to not have their best, and I think some of it is schematically too. I really do. I think schematically. You know, the defensive zone, I'm not a fan of. I'm not a, a fan of the way they, um, they, they play their defensive zone. Now, in fairness, if the players executed it properly, it would look different too. So the inconsistent play of all players has affected your defensive scheme overall or your defensive success overall. And if you didn't have a guy named Jordan Bennington, it would look a lot worse. And I know Benny had a tough third period yesterday and whatnot, but you can only expect so much from the guy for so long here. Like, give him a breather, too. I think give him a breather. Let him have a, a break here because he, he's carrying the weight of the team on his shoulders, and if he has a bad game, you know, he's feeling it. But that I, I, I yeah, digress so, yeah. a little bit here. Getting back to the defense uh, overall, the NHL is no longer shut down D, like two guys that can handle it for you. It's nice to have two guys that can play with another group of three that are forwards that your shutdown unit. Um, but that's really suffered this year for the Blues. Defensively, as a team, they have not been good. There's no secret. Craig Berube would sit right here and tell you, we haven't been good enough. We haven't executed good enough. The middle of the ice has just been too wide open. Whether it's on a four-check to where... Uh, teams are able to gain full possession of the puck without being under pressure, uh, where, whether it's a forecheck that allows one pass to beat two or three guys, whether it's a neutral zone forecheck to where the middle of the ice, the uh, weak side winger are, is not folding over to cut the ice in half or to take away the, the sweet spot, or they're way too aggressive and they leave the far side of the ice wide open. It's just been an adventure. They have not been able to lock it down consistently as a group. And that then that 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 gets pushed onto the defense. We've talked about this before. If you don't have a good forecheck, your defenseman cannot get up the ice and be aggressive at the blue line. Craig Berube talks about the new forecheck that they've got going on. Yes, 
Great. It allows your defenseman to be more aggressive. But let's go back to the old forecheck, even. When you had a F1 that was in there hunting the puck hard, boom. Like, his job is not to necessarily gain control of the puck. His job is to be a disruptor. Make sure you cut off the back of the net so that now that team is forced to play on half of the ice, which you are flooding with five guys. Advantage St. Louis Blues. But too many times we're letting the guy gain the net. Or they're not aggressive enough, and that pass is made, and then the second guy's not right there on the puck. He's a step too late. How can your defenseman hold the blue line? Right. You can't. If you do, it's a breakaway going the other way, or it's a it's a 50-50 puck race back the other way. Either way, you're not sustaining a forecheck. Neutral zone, same thing. If you don't got, get a guy who takes the right path to cut off a, a D-to-D pass and to force it up, the side of the ice that you want it to go to, and then your other guy doesn't fold over and cut the ice in half, these these, these teams are too good. Players are too good. They're going to move the puck quick D to D up to the wing, boom, hit the guy going through the middle of the ice, and now what? Right. Your defenseman now cannot close guys up. They cannot confidently gap up to take away that time and space. They have to back off. What does that do? It's a death sentence because you get guys now flying through the neutral zone into your into your defensive zone with no resistance. What is Colton Pareko supposed to do? What is Nick Letty ultimately supposed to do? Now, they're, they're not absolved of all wrongdoing. They also at times have not been aggressive enough when they can be. They've also at times turned the puck over. They've certainly abandoned the front of the net for a lot of this season. There hasn't been enough resistance in the dirty areas. There just hasn't been. It's been too easy. And that's on them. They can play harder. And the, the the whole turning their back to the play thing, Nico Mikola, I liked him. Okay, He had a little sandpaper, but he was the worst offender. He would just turn his back. He would turn his back to the puck all the time, and then it was an adventure. He didn't know where the puck was, where it was going, what was going on, and he's looking at a guy in front, and nine times out of ten, that guy didn't score, but the guy behind him did because he didn't see him. Mm-hmm. And also, guys, are they're collapsing into the crease. Grant Fuhrer told me my very first year, get the hell out of my paint. <laughs> I'm the goalie. You're not. Get out or I'm going to slash you. My own goalie said he's going to slash me in the back of the legs. He never had to because I was like, okay, I'm, I'm in, I'll, I'll get out of the blue I'll paint listen. for you. Yeah. But So the front of the net has been an adventure for the Blues. At times, I don't understand when two defensemen end up down below the goal line and nobody in front of the net. Like, it's... I don't say it's a comedy of errors. It's just several errors in a row that lead to great goal-scoring opportunities. And again, without Jordan Bennington, it would look a lot worse. So schematically, I don't know if it's – because I don't sit in Craig Bruby's office. I don't know exactly what they're trying to accomplish in the defensive zone. But I do know this. He's probably not wanting all of his players to abandon the front of the net. That's one thing I don't think he's – I don't – we get him on here. We'll ask him on Friday maybe. Do you uh, want to – I know the answer to that. I'm yeah. being a ding-dong right now. But, <laughs> but your, your point is, is made. My point is it, no matter what your scheme is, if the players aren't executing it, mm-hmm. like – and I understand – I do know that there's a certain pressure that they're wanting to apply. They're wanting to take away time and space. So when the one defenseman goes, ordinarily the other guy would stay net front and you'd allow your forward who's down low to be that second layer of pressure. I do know that if you have a, a system where you trust everybody, you can 
send two defensemen into the corner to create the pressure. If you trust your down low forward to take away the middle of the ice in front of the net and play as a defenseman, and then you trust your weak side winger to come down and cover the house, the middle of the slot area in between the hash marks, you know he's going to be there. Now you can go full out, full court press, 2D in the corner. Who cares? doesn't matter who's down here because we got guys who can play. But when you can't trust those guys, you need to default back to first man in, disrupt, down low. Second guy is your second layer. Your net front D plays strong side post, aware of what's going on behind him, so there's no backdoor tap-ins. And then your weak side winger still has to come down and take away the middle of the ice because that's the sweet spot that everybody's trying to get to. So schematically, it's either the 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 concept is wrong or the players aren't executing or a little bit of both. I don't know, but it's been... It's been a work in progress that I know Craig Berube is not happy with. I know that Doug Armstrong cannot be happy with this. But the players who they had, who they have on their roster were executing it quite fine last year. So to me, it's get back to the drawing board. Um, figure out schematically what works for your group of players. And if it is what they're doing right now, but they just have to change the players or educate the players or bring in guys who can do it properly, then that's your next move. I think by upgrading... Uh, your commitment to defense from the forward position will ultimately help your decor that you have in position right now because we've seen it happen before. It seems like, Jamie, that until they get they get back to some of the fundamentals of playing defense as a five-man unit, they can't really take the next step and change things up schematically. Is that a fair statement? Like you can't you can't take you can't get creative if you're not doing some of the basics. Or the blue had the blues fall fallen out of some of the basics. Like when you're talking about, you know, what what the F one does and how you can how you can guard again how you can defend against backdoor tap ins. Some of the basics have kind of fallen apart. Yeah, and it's to me uh, the the biggest thing that I can pull from it, and just being a hundred percent honest, is the players don't trust each other right now. That's, that's what it is. If if you got a defenseman as good as Colton Pareko is, whether you like him or not, text line, I don't care. There's a lineup of teams that would take him tomorrow. Justin Folk, same thing. Nick Letty, same thing. When you've got guys that are that good, but they're not playing the way they should, it's because they don't trust something. Each other, the forwards, what's going on, they don't trust it. And that's where you end up with this, am I going, am I not? I think I'm in the right place. I'm not sure. Oh, my God, that guy's back door. Oh, it's a goal. Son of a batch of biscuits. That's what happens. When you have a group that's confident, we saw it even last year with that team. They're closing it out. The middle of the ice, not available. You're not getting the middle of the ice. We will block shots. We will control the zone from the middle out. It's been opposite this year. It's been, we're going to not maybe kind of watch the middle. How many times do you see a guy get a grade-A scoring chance in the middle of the ice? The heat maps following Blues games. <laughs> Ugly. It looks like there's a red dot right in the middle of the ice. I know Craig Berube very well as a coach. That is not what he wants. Doug Armstrong, that is not what he wants. Doug Armstrong sits beside Al McKinnis for a lot of the games. Do you think Al McKinnis says, hey, I really like those middle-of-the-zone shots. No, <laughs> they don't. I played with Al. Al's a son of a you-know-what to play with if you don't do your job right. And I respect the hell out of him for it. 
There's so many times I came back to the bench and give me an earful because I deserved it. I wasn't playing the right way. Al McInnes helped me become a better defensive player. I'll tell you that much. And now I watch the game because I watched Al McInnes. He sits next to Army. So you can't tell me that they love what's going on right now. And to your point with the hesitation aspect, I think you can even say that in the offensive zone when these defensemen try and pinch in, I think some of their reads are poor at times, and that leads to those two-on-one opportunities. But why are they there? Why are the reads wrong? Because the players in front of them aren't executing properly. There's mm-hmm. too much time and space. There's too much hesitation. They don't trust each other. Mm-hmm. That's what. That's why that happens. I'll take a two-on-one if my guys are just being too aggressive. That's fine. You know what? Get on your toes. Get up there. We'll figure it out. I can't take a two-on-one when your D is supposed to hold the blue line and then he's caught in no man's land because there's a clear pass that's made tape to tape. Somebody misses their assignment, and now what? Now you've got to either you know what or get off the pot, right? So the D then go to force forward, and that's the wrong play. Chip off the wall or a pass, and there's a two-on-one. Then if they try to retreat and go back, the pass still beats them, and the guy who they're going to check, he's a part of the play now, so it's a three-on-two. It's because of the, the hesitation is caused by lack of trust or lack of execution. Five guys on the ice. Absolutely. That's Jamie Rivers. I'm Anthony Stalzer. We got the gauntlet next on 101 ESPN. Ooh, baby. We're right back to the Fast Lane Podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. Can you survive the gauntlet? It's Fastlane on 101 ESPN 404. Your time check is brought to you by Clarkson Jewelers, an officially licensed Rolex jeweler with Jamie Rivers and Andrew Marsh from Anthony Stalter. And I believe we got Joey on the line, right? All right, Joey, how you doing today? Good, how are you guys? Doing great. First timer? No, uh, last time was back in October of 21, though, because it was during the Cardinals winning streak. Oh, nice. How'd you do? Uh, I lost to you. Oh, okay. Is it a, <laughs> you is... lost to Anthony? <laughs> Sorry, Anthony. It was a lot of Tom Brady questions. Oh, wow. Oh, okay. All right. That's, uh, that's Anthony's guy, too. Is it a, is it a revenge spot for you? Are you going to take Jamie or Marsh today? Um, back at the Big League Impact Trivia for Adam Wainwright, I told you face-to-face if I ever got back on, I'd uh, take you on in a rematch. Okay. All right, Joey. Sounds good. Wow, Anthony. This guy's got it I feel out kinda, for you. I feel kind of nervous right now. I'm not <laughs> yeah. going to lie. And I have not been good in Gauntlet 2.0. Why is there someone standing next to your vehicle? I did, that's, right? hey, that's uh, hmm. Okay, I'm freaked out. He's got his keys now. Yeah. Joey, I like your intimidation tactics. Joey, good luck, man. Thanks, you too. All right, Anthony's going to make his way to the Cone of Silence. And as soon as he does that, Joey will let you tell Marshy here on three to spin that wheel. One, two, three. Spin that wheel, Marshy. Here we go. All right, Marshy. Elbow grease on that one, eh, buddy? Oh, yeah. Marshy's been working out a little bit. Okay, as the wheel slows down. Oh, boy. All right, Joey, is there one category that you would not want today? That'd have to be hockey. Okay, well, good news. It isn't hockey. You got random. Oh, okay. Uh Uh-huh. So this one here, I don't know if this one plays the advantage of anybody. It's not Anthony's favorite. I know that. Yeah. So, Joey, we're going to ask you 
four questions. If you answer the questions correctly without using the options, you get two points for that. If you use the options and answer correctly, you only get one point. And of course, if you answer incorrectly at any point, you get zero points. Sound good? Sounds good. All right, Joey, here we go. The category again is random. Question one. Where is the strongest muscle in the human body located? I'm pretty sure that's the tongue, if that's a muscle. Um, I'm going to take the options, though. All right. Is it the quadriceps, the glutes, or the jaw? Uh, well, the jaw is the closest one to it, so let's go with the jaw. Final answer? Final answer. All right, thank you. I'm reading this question, this next question. You literally cannot make this up. Where does the majority of vitamin D come from? <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. Majority of vitamin D. That's the sun, right? Yeah, that's the sun. Final answer. Okay. Sunny D on that one. All right. Question three. What brand of energy drink is the most popular in the United States? Oh, man. If I take the options, it's going to be either Monster or Red Bull, I'm sure. Um, I feel like Monster has kind of taken the reign over. So let's go with Monster. Final answer. Okay. Thank you. Final question for you, Joey. Which college mascot is the fighting okra and has the signature tagline, fear the okra? <laughs> I'm going to need the options on that. <laughs> Your options are Evergreen State, UC Irvine, or Delta State University. Doesn't sound like anyone that's going to be in the big dance. Um, <laughs> go with Delta State. State University. Final answer. All right. Let's get Anthony back in here from the cone of silence here. We won't tell Anthony what's going on until um, we get him in here. If he ever does mm -hmm. get in here, he's taking his sweet time. Anthony must be scared. I, am. I can tell when he's nervous. All right, Anthony. Um, our guy Joey here did pretty good. Okay. Pretty nice good. job, Joey. Yep. You better pack a lunch, my friend. Let's do this. All right. Who was the first player to score 50 goals in 50 games in the NHL? First player to do so. Uh, I'll need the options on that one. All right, you won't need them. The category's <laughs> random, Anthony, okay? I knew Anthony was sweating hockey. Yeah. <laughs> Who was it? First, uh, Maurice Richard, the Rocket. The Rock, Rocket Richard. All yep. right. Mm -hmm. I remember that for next time. Sure you will. Okay, question one, Anthony. Category random. Oh, boy. Where is the strongest muscle in the human body located? Ooh, the strongest muscle in the human body located. Are we talking about general or, you know, for like you? <laughs> general. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, for some reason, I think it's the tongue. So located would be located in the mouth then. Um, but I might I might want to get the options on this just to just to be sure. So can I have the options, please? 
Is it the quadriceps, the glutes, or the jaw? I'm glad I asked. I'm going to say the jaw. Final answer? Final answer. Question number two. Where does the majority of vitamin D come from? <laughs> sunny, sunny delight. <laughs> uh, the majority of vitamin D, I would, I would imagine, comes from the sun. So I'm going to say the sun. Final answer? Final answer. All right, Anthony, question three. What brand of energy drink is the most popular in the United States of America? Hmm. Well, you got Red Bull, you got Monster, you got uh, Rain. I would think Red Bull, but has Monster, have they surpassed them? I'm going to go shot in the dark here, and I'm going to say Monster Energy Drink. Which I believe is a Mountain Dew company. Final answer. Final answer, Monster Energy. Final question, Anthony. Which college mascot is the fighting okra and has the signature tagline, Fear the Okra? A college is the fighting okra? <laughs> sure <laughs> are, Anthony. The fighting okra. The fighting okra. Can okra fight? Okra Winfrey can. Yeah, she can. I'm going to need the options on this. I don't know the fighting okra. Options are Evergreen State, UC Irvine, or Delta State University. It's not UC Irvine. Can you give me the, the, the other two, please, again? Evergreen State, Delta State University. Shot in the dark. I'm going to say Delta State University, final answer. All right, let's go over these. Let's go back to question one. Where is the strongest muscle in the human body located? Joey said it. I think it's a tongue, which is incredible. <laughs> Anthony, you said it. I think it's a tongue. <laughs> and then both of these went on to say, ah, I'll take the options. And both of these said, well, I'm glad I used the options. Joey said jaw with the options. Anthony, you said jaw with the options. Answer is? It's the jaw, gentlemen. Nice. It sure is. 1-1 one, one after 1. Would you have given Joey and I the the uh, the tongue? No. Okay. No, don't, ask me, to give, don't ask me to would give you, you the give tongue. Would you give me the tongue on that one, Jay? No, I, would, I will never give you the tongue <laughs> All right, fair on enough. that one. If I said Anthony, mouth, would you have given me the mouth? I would not give you the mouth either. <laughs> okay. So it had to be the jaw. Well, we clarified that. Yeah, okay. Right, let's fair let's enough. make it crystal clear for that matter. <laughs> All right, the next one we're going to go to is... So no tongue, just to be... Never. Okay, right. Not for you, Anthony. Okay. Uh, question three was, what brand of energy drink is the most popular in the United States? Both of you are like, ah, oh, it's going to be Monster or Red Bull or this or that. And uh, both of you literally said, I think Monster's overtaken Red Bull. And then wow. Anthony, you're like, maybe, I, maybe Monster's overtaken Red Bull. So neither of you used the options. Both of you said monster. The answer is? It's Red Bull. Oh, Gives you wings, no. boys. No, no, Red Bull is not Vakken Monster. Come on, what's wrong that with you That would make guys? sense with the bars. I guess that's why we don't have our wings. That's yeah, right. That's right. That's right. Ah. All right, next question. This one was tough, too. Where does the majority of vitamin D come from? Neither of you, surprisingly, used the options. The answer is? 
Oh, it's the sun. It clearly is the sun. So Joey said the sun too. He I sure imagine. did. Wow, Joey, you yep. and I are in lockstep here. You must listen to the show. Honestly, it was like you guys were echoing each other. Wow. So three, three after three, we're down to oh, the mighty okra. Oh no! Which college mascot is the fighting okra and has the signature tagline of "Fear the Okra"? Joey, you said Delta State University. <laughs> Anthony, you took the options. Oh, no. And said Delta State University. Did Joey know? The answer is? It's Delta State University. Joey did use the options as well. (laughs) You fooled me. I almost went like Evergreen. (laughs) So 4 4. Wow, so we had the same exact answers. You guys literally in lockstep on all of this. So we'll go to the tiebreaker question. Joey, here's how it's going to work. We're going to ask the tiebreaker question. Don't say a word. Don't say the answer. Anthony's going to write down what he thinks the answer is. As soon as he writes it down, Joey, we're going to come to you, and we expect an answer, like, right away. Okay? All right. Yep, I got it. So here is the tiebreaker question. According to the United Nations, on average, how many babies are born every day? On average, every day. Oh, man. Uh, Anthony is seizing up right now. I really am. I This is going to be way <laughs> too high. Okay, I can't see your answer. Okay, Anthony's got his answer in. Joey, what's your answer? Uh, 10,000. <laughs> <laughs> Anthony, can you tell our audience quickly <laughs> what you wrote down? Well, Jamie, I wrote down 10,000. Literally the same answer. <laughs> Joey, is your last oh, name man. Stalter? Are you somehow... Smokes. Did your dad ever visit Chicago, <laughs> Illinois back in the day? I don't know hey, what's easy. going on here. I don't know what's going on here. <laughs> wow. Well, neither of you are even close. I wouldn't think By so. By the way, it wasn't, oh, yeah. it wasn't United so. States. They... According to the United Nations, guys, the whole world, 385,000 babies a day. That makes more sense. I can't even believe 10,000. Well, clearly, Joe and I heard the same thing. My goodness. <laughs> My goodness. All right, Marshy, do we have a... Do we have a, a new tiebreaker question? I'm I'm figuring it out right now. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I All mean, right. the number was so high... I did not expect 10, that. 10,000 right in the dot. Did not expect that. So what we're going to do here is we're going to go to a second tiebreaker this question. never happened. And uh, we're going to try and well, hopefully we don't have any more tiebreaker questions after this one. We're going to try and find one, first of all. Because <laughs> we weren't prepared. This is great radio, guys. We're, we're Joey, doing a hell of a job here. Well, well done, man. Well done. Yeah. I can't believe it either. All right. I'll tell you what. I used to do this a little while ago here. Um, let's go with... Do you have one, Marshy, or not? Yes, I do. Okay. Marshy, go ahead. Enlighten us, please. And remember, the same rules apply here. Anthony will write down his answer. Joey, when we come to you, we expect an answer right away. And try not to answer the same thing as Anthony, okay? All right. I think I got it. All right, Marshy. Hit him. Jean Klaus with... City SC in his 
career dating back to 2016, how many yellow cards has he had in his career? Oh. That's easy. That is so easy. It is, huh? All right, Anthony has his answer in. Joey, what's your answer? Yeah, I'm saying five. Okay. Marshy, as he's whittling his thumbs over here. We're good. All right. Well, Marshy, take it from here, because I don't know the answer, and you're running the show right now. Zhao Klaus dating back to 2016. He has had 18 yellow cards. Joey, you said five. Anthony, you said 34. 34. If you know the math, that means Joey. You have chosen wisely. <laughs> nice job, Joey. That was close, though, again. <laughs> Wow, Joey, good job, my man. Way to stick with it. Nice I, job. I don't think we've ever had a gauntlet <laughs> in ever, and I'm not joking. I'll have to go through. Marshy, I personally want you to go through every gauntlet oh, from yeah, the yeah, very yeah. beginning to For now. Sure. Tonight, I'll go back please. into the database <laughs> And uh, I don't think we've ever had a contestant match every single answer, including the tiebreaker to a T with one of us. So, Joey, well, well done, my man. Thanks, guys. I'll talk to you tomorrow. All right, congrats, All right. Joey. Nice job, man. We'll see ya. That's crazy. I know the BT had the same tiebreaker, like back to back, but I don't know if they didn't have the same answers. The they same, were the same difference yeah. twice in a row, something like that. But yeah. like that, that was remarkable. When I wrote down ten thousand, he said ten thousand. Yeah, you like almost gave up too. You're like ten thousand. And he was like, 10,000. You're like, what? <laughs> what? Yeah. All right. We uh, In 10 minutes, we're going to talk to Jeremy Rutherford, our Blues insider. And uh, we'll talk to him about, well, this mess of a Blues situation that we have here. Why are you going to be like that? What would you call it, Jamie? Unfortunate. Marsh, turn off the mics for a second. All right. They're off. Okay. Yeah, Jamie, they're... I don't know. What, what do you want me to say? I I'll don't say like what... the word mess. I don't like that. These are guys that are still working hard. Well, no, they... I know. I know, Jamie, but... We can't lie to the fan base. The well, fan I'm not base lying to them. I just told, we've told them before. Their play right now has been unacceptable. It's been inconsistent. I have to say a mess. It's been messy. Sloppy. Sloppy? Is sloppy better? Sloppy is a better word. Okay. Yeah. All right. Mark, Absolutely. All right. They're back on. You know, Jamie, I thought about mm-hmm. it. Um, might have been too harsh calling the Blues a mess. Probably. The, the play's been sloppy. The play's been sloppy. I would agree. Yeah. I, at times, it's been very sloppy. And like last night, for example. Yeah, well, first two periods weren't terrible. That third period, honestly, third period I was a little disappointed. You're in a game where you're right there, and then you kind of let it slip away. Arizona's not Arizona's not a team that you should be giving up four goals to in the third period. Right. Just shouldn't happen. No. So you got to clean it up. Definitely. Definitely. But JR, JR has actually had a couple of uh, real good pieces here recently. We'll be able to ask him about his talk with Craig Berube and uh, I'll figure out what he, what he what the chief had to say. There you go. All right, so we'll talk to JR about that. Yeah, because that the, the piece done for The Athletic a couple of days ago, his role, we talked about it, you and I, but to bring JR on and gather his thoughts about what Chief said, I think it would be good. So uh, we'll come back, talk a little bit, and then we'll get to Jeremy Rutherford, our Blues Insider with The Athletic. We're right back to the Fast Lane Podcast, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN.
let's give away some Guns N' Roses tickets. Yeah, baby. Got 101. We have your chance right now. 101 ESPN. I always say 101 ESPN. 101 ESPN. Who? Who said it? Who used to do it? Marsh, you might not know. Jamie, you might a little bit. Wait, can, can the 101 that? ESPN or the original no, the, WNBC? No, the <laughs> 101 ESPN. No idea. No? No. Can you give me a hint? Used to do Saturdays, I think he was on. Did some weekends for us, maybe some nights a little bit. Danny Pants? Nope. Alvin Reed. Oh, yeah, Reader. <laughs> you don't know. Alvin's a great guy. I never said he was. I know. What the hell's wrong with you? <laughs> I just love how casual you were with it. Oh, yeah, Reader. It's our guy. Alvin Reed. Shout out to Alvin Reed. All right. Uh, 101 ESPN has your chance to score a pair of tickets to see Guns N' Roses on September 9th at Bush Stadium. Tickets for Guns N' Roses are on sale now. You can text in to win free tickets for 101 ESPN at 314-399-9646. That is our Air Comfort Service text line. If you're the 101st texter to said text line with the correct answer you're going to go see guns and roses on september 9th this one i think will be easy for for most people certainly a lot of people remember the riot at riverport what year what year was the riot at riverport wow i remember that axel rose is like i'm never playing in st louis and then he came back came back uh first time a couple years ago and now will be at bush stadium what year was the riot at riverport and if you don't win today, you can find all the ticket info and a bonus chance to register to win tickets for Guns N' Roses live at Bush Stadium right now on your 101 ESPN mobile app or at 101ESPN.com. We've got the conference tournament games going on in college basketball. Don't forget that you can sign up for Bracket Madness. It's our Pick'em Challenge. You show off your NCAA tournament knowledge by signing up to play this year's 101 ESPN Bracket Madness Pick'em Challenge. You can register now to participate at 101ESPN.com. And once your bracket is set, make your picks for this year's tournament. Free to enter. Top score will take home a $250 Fanatics gift card and a 101 ESPN prize pack. Find all the contest rules. Get signed up to play in our Bracket Madness now at 101ESPN.com. It's all brought to you by Neutral and Twin Peaks. Go ahead, Jimmy. Eats, drinks, scenic views. There you go. We're going to be at Max next week, too. Thursday, Friday. Yeah, Max Downtown Hall. Watch some basketball. That's the first round of the NCAA tournament. Tips off. Get in on the fun. That's right. We'll be at Max Downtown Alton. It will be BK and Ferrario from 11 to 2. Us, Fastlane, from 2 to 6. Plenty of screens to watch all the first round madness. Delicious food. Got the coldest beer in town, tons of one-on-one boys and more. Again, the BK and Ferrario show and the Fastlane Live next Thursday and Friday for the NCAA tournament, Max in downtown Alton. We were there last year at a blast. Absolutely. And it's real proof that Anthony does indeed watch the games. Uh, it's going to be fun. Yeah, sometimes you guys are like, hey, we're doing a live show right now. I'm like, no, 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 Wait a minute. <laughs> no, I don't care how Jordan Walker is doing right now. It's a 15 versus two seed. I want to know who's going to win this game. Exactly. We're down to the nitty-gritty. There's a minute left. Marsh just nailed that. Did an impression of me. Jamie, he nailed it. You're not paying attention. No, I was checking. No, I'm just reading this text real quick. What would you say, Anthony? I wasn't reading the text. Mm, That was Jamie. Wow, Marsh, you're you're all over it. Dylan Carlson. (laughs) Just out of nowhere, Dylan Carlson. All right, Jeremy Rutherford's going to join us next in the Fast Lane on 101 ESPN. 
We're right back to the Fast Lane Podcast, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. It's time for the Rutherford Report on 101 ESPN. Anything you folks want to know about the fascinating world of pro hockey, here we go. With Jamie Rivers and Anthony Stalter, it's the Fast Lane on 101 ESPN. Joining us right now is our Blues Insider with the Athletic, Jeremy Rutherford. You can follow him at JP Rutherford. JR, first question right out of the gates. What did you see in last night's game? <laughs> not, not much, not much, not much. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Oh, my goodness. Why don't like, you tell oh, our I, listeners what yeah, you're talking what's going about? On? I was so excited about going to Mullet Arena, and when I walked in, I couldn't believe how nice it was. Yeah, it's cramped, it's small, but it's sleek, you know, black, charcoal, everywhere. It looks great. So I sit down, and we're kind of like in the fans. We're like sitting within the crowd. (laughs) And I've probably, myself being a big guy, sat down in front of somebody and blocked their views, but maybe it was a little karma. But I sit down with my laptop last night, and the seat directly in front of me I might need some help from the text line here. What's the of mice and men? I think the guy's name Lenny. is Lenny. Lenny. This guy's like <laughs> this guy's like seven two and riv. I'm telling you, if Arizona remotely had a scoring chance, this guy was standing up. I was nothing, <laughs> but this guy's back the entire game last night. <laughs> yeah, for those who are wondering, Jr. did tweet a picture out there at uh, JP Rutherford on Twitter, and uh, you can see. Uh, you can watch a movie on this guy's back that was standing in front of you, Jr. So go check that out if you don't know what the hell we're talking about. Yeah, so if there's any errors in the story, it's because I had Lenny standing in front of me last night. <laughs> Seems like he had a good time, though. Everybody's oh, he having did. a good he time, did. eh, Jr.? Yeah. yeah, he stood up about six times last night, I recall, after each uh, yep. Coyote's goal there. So, mm-hmm. yeah, he had a great time. Do they still do that there? Yeah, oh yeah, they do. Yeah, there were a lot of Blues fans though. They showed up pretty good, but by the end of that one, they were uh, sitting on their hands. Yeah, Yeah, maybe they're drinking. Uh, Jr. Not pretty. I mean, I I think, I think the the question that a lot of Blues fans have right now is, can some of this just go by the wayside and you say it it was it's just it's a bad year, or are there real tangible problems that are going to extend beyond this year? Yeah, it's, it, it really is a great question. I thought about this last night walking back to the uh, the hotel. You know, here's the situation. You know, forget about the counter Bedard. Forget about the draft lottery for one second. Just think about playing good hockey, creating a good foundation, like Craig Bruby said in the story I wrote a couple of days ago, regaining that culture. Talk about that. So in two weeks, a month, in July, are we going to care that the Blues lost 6-2 to two against Arizona? Probably not. That, that one game isn't going to stick out in our minds. But, you know, if you finish these last 19 games, and it is just absolutely horrific hockey, especially defensively, we know how hard it's going to be for Doug Armstrong to change up this defense. How can you go into the offseason, go into training camp next year, and you think to yourself, this team's going to be better because what we saw last night is what we've seen on a lot of nights. And so that's why last night's game isn't going to stick out necessarily. But if we continue to see that down the stretch, there just there has to be changes. There has to be. So, Jerry, you sat down with Chief for your, your article uh, in The Athletic, which, by the way, if you haven't read that, download The Athletic, sign up today. JR does a great job of 
of getting a lot of great stories out of the guys. And your sit-down with Chief, was there anything – like when you're sitting there talking to the head coach, obviously, you know, he's got a job to do. He's got to get after it. But was there anything that you got from that conversation with Craig Berube that kind of – you know, explain certain things or how he's feeling through all of this. Yeah, Riz, I thought it was interesting. And the one thing that really stuck out in my mind as I was preparing the questions, as I was asking the questions, is this. You're talking to a guy who from 2018 on, when he took over for Mike Yo, has been involved in intense hockey uh, the last four or five years. And it's been nonstop. And it's been you know, pressure's on, expectations, got to win, got to make a good coaching to change, What or uh, a player change, what's my gut tell me? You know, all those types of things. And now you're in a situation where the general manager has made a decision to go the direction that he did, a good one, I should say, and now you're being put into a situation where, okay, now we got to experiment, we got to make changes, we got to take a look at this guy. So you don't want to say that he's taken a step back and, it's low-key, and however you finish the season, you finish the season. Like I said a minute ago, you still want to push these guys. And I think that was the takeaway that I had with Craig Berube, is that he said, we can't let these guys think that losing is okay because it's not because that becomes your mindset. So while we're going to look at the Tyler Tuckers, you know, he's been in for a Callie Rosen, you know, that's drawing some criticism. Those are the types of things that Craig Berube is going to have to do down the stretch here. And he said, yeah, I'm going to have to have patience. But at the same time, I can't let these guys get any sort of losing mentality. So it's a different environment that he's coaching in right now, but one that he's been successful in, in his career. JR, in your opinion, uh, you just brought up the Tyler Tucker, Callie Rose, and you know how that's drawn some criticism here lately. Are there any other things that Craig Berube is going to have to do, in your opinion, to test the waters? Are there any other players he, he's going to have to see what they bring to the table? Who do you think? is a guy that, you know, maybe he gets to play or maybe he gets situations that ordinarily wouldn't because they're trying to see what they have. Yeah, there aren't a ton. I mean, you look up front and Jake Neighbors, if he were healthy, uh, he'd be in there. Uh, just an update, Craig Gruby said that uh, he still needs to get uh, approved by doctors, so uh, that could take a little more time. But when he gets back in, if he's healthy, they feel comfortable putting him in. You know, I think that's a guy you want to see. Scott Prinovich still playing down in the American Hockey League. Doug Armstrong said the other day that, uh, they want to make sure that he's absolutely 100% before they put him in a bad spot. Uh, so I think him. The other one, and there's been hints, indications, you know, could we see Joel Hofer? Uh, you know, people might not know the rules on that one, but you have four players that you can uh, send down and, and recall after uh, the trade deadline. And uh, Doug Armstrong did say that Joel Hofer, the goaltender, that will be on a one-way contract next year, could be one of the call-ups. So does he come up and get some time? But, you know, in terms of guys – Craig Ruby might have to give a chance to down the stretch. I think Tyler Tucker is the guy that really sticks out because other than that one game against Carolina, Riff, you know, I thought Kelly Rosen's played really well all year. And uh, Craig Ruby mentioned that it's more about looking at Tucker right now than it is Rosen's play. Jeremy Rutherford joining us right now in the fast lane on 101 at ESPN. On the flip side here, JR, you do have a player in Pavel Buchnevich who has been excellent for you. Do you think the Blues start thinking about a possible extension for Pavel Buchnevich? Yeah, he's got a couple years, so I think that uh, you're going to look to him at, to be that guy for sure. And, and I'll say this, you know, what I've noticed in Pavel Buchnevich, not only is he playing well uh, on the ice, we saw it last night, both goals, uh, but who was the player that stepped up last night and spoke after that loss? 
uh, Buchnevich, and, and 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 he's being honest with his assessment of what happened, what's going on in the power play. You know, I can't tell you guys; it's just not working. I, I don't know. Uh, I think Pavel Buchnevich is interesting to me right now because you know, gone is O'Reilly. Is he coming back? We don't know. Gone is Vladimir Tarasenko. I think Buchnevich. I know he already is kind of this guy, but he really could be one of those leaders and and you say well that's an obvious statement he's one of the better players yeah but that doesn't always happen with those types of guys and i feel like i see him asserting himself to be one of those guys here lately so yeah he he's a bargain at the 5.4 5.8 salary that he's at right now and definitely when his time comes up i think he'll be a guy that want to extend jr um a couple of the guys who are getting a good look right now are new acquisitions by the blues casperi kapanen as well as uh, first game last night for Jacob Verana. What, uh, as far as Kapanen's concerned, I think he's been doing everything that he possibly can to uh, you know, earn his spot on this team. I like what I'm seeing. Jacob Verana had six shots on goal last night. Uh, certainly some things to improve on for, for him. But you know, your, your take overall on these two guys since they've been here, I know that sample size with Verana, but you were in the building and kind of saw the game behind Lenny last night. Yeah, right behind Lenny. I, I, that breakaway uh, was right behind me and Lenny last night, uh, right in front of uh, bolting to the net. You see that speed, and I wrote a little bit about that. It's going to be published uh, in the morning. Is that the Blues brought in some speed with Kapanen and Verana? I think we've seen that Kapanen on that uh, shorty the other night uh, with Los Angeles. You know, it is a small sample size, and obviously you want to pump the brakes until you see more from these guys. There's a reason, you know, why it didn't work out in those other places for Kapanen, Pittsburgh, uh, Detroit with. Brana, but I think it was a good risk by Doug Armstrong and the Blues to pick these guys up, and, and we'll just have to see. But the one thing uh, that I really like what they're doing is adding some speed here. And the piece tomorrow that will be out uh, tomorrow at The Athletic kind of focuses on what have we been talking about the past couple of years. Craig Bruby, is he stuck in 2019? Does he want that heavy four-check style? He can't adapt his coaching style. I asked Craig Bruby that point blank a couple of days ago, in Arizona, and just to give you a, a tease on his comments, is uh, he said, "Look, we had one of the best rush numbers, top ten rush numbers in the league last year." And I looked up the stats. Even this year, as bad as this year has been, the rush numbers have been better than the forecheck numbers in terms of creating offense. So, you know, you go talk to Robert Thomas. Hey, is he allowing you to be creative? Yeah, he just doesn't want us to make mistakes. So, the reason I bring that up is because with Kappen and, and Verana, they bring speed. Is Craig Bruby gonna? allow those guys to use their speed, be creative, or is he going to say, hey, get in on the four check? That's what he addresses in that story tomorrow. JR, great stuff. Glad you got back without the ending of, of Mice and Men too. okay? Even though he's Lenny in front of you. I'm glad, I'm glad you're not sitting in jail right now. Yeah, well, we you don't think he is. Know, yeah, that's you true. guys know a lot more about of Mice and Men. I thought we were going to need the text line. Uh-uh. You, to, nah. you read it four or five times in school. Huh? One of yeah. Anthony's favorite audiobooks. Uh-huh. <laughs> awesome hey thanks for having me guys we'll uh we'll talk to you soon all right sounds good that's jeremy rutherford our our buddy here from the athletic for those that you do, that don't know mm-hmm. of of mice and men the ending's a little rough i was just about to say Lenny. i don't want to spoil anything yeah, let's but not I guys think uh there's a movie out too i think yeah i think, yeah, yeah, I think it. it's uh yeah. wow what's his name he plays uh he plays george he's john malkovich yeah malkovich is lenny Yes. Yes. George is played by... Lieutenant Dan. Yes. Yeah. Is that Gary Sinise? Yes. There you go. Yeah, so not good for, for Lenny at the end there. Nor the rabbit. Nor the rabbit, yeah. It's not a... Spoiler alert. <laughs> it's 
a lot of things going on in that that book. All right, it's the Fast Lane on 101 ESPN. Want to react to one of the thing, a couple of things that Jr. was was talking about, including uh, my question about extending Pavel Buchnevich. Uh, we'll get into that next on 101 ESPN. We're right back to the Fast Lane podcast, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. It's a fast lane on 101 ESPN. We just talked to our Blues insider, Jeremy Rutherford. When do the Blues start thinking about extending Buchnevich? They Jordan Cairo, Robert Thomas, faces of the franchise moving forward. They got the 8x8 eight, eight eight deal. Mm. Buchnevich is an unrestricted free agent in 2025 and 2026, so still plenty of years left on that deal. That's what JR was telling us. But, uh, Jamie, I know this has been a small talk topic of conversation for uh, some in the media and maybe some Blues fans too, but I, I don't think you should do any deal right now. Quite frankly, I think you've got too many contracts. It's nothing against Buchnevich, but he's got term left on his current contract. He's been fantastic for you. Mm-hmm. Okay, great. I don't think you need to be extending players. I think part of the problem is you've got too many contracts. Well, yeah, maybe. Maybe. Don't I don't you know. Maybe me. No, maybe. But it, it, if we isolate Pavel Buchnevich. There's absolutely no reason to extend him right now. You've got him right now at 5.8 for the you know for this season, and then 5.8 for the next two seasons. Like, it would be a hmm, confusing move for Doug Armstrong to all of a sudden out of left field go. Let's extend him. Why? You have two more years of of this player before he hits unrestricted free agency, and then if next year is as good as this year is, because you never know. There's drop-off from players. There's Who knows? And you feel like this player will leave, and then you talk to him. You kick the tires about an extension before his last season with the club, mm-hmm. and you get a feel for you know, where that player and his representatives are, and you kind of go from there. I, I see absolutely no reason to even discuss it right now. If I'm Doug Armstrong, I'm like, yeah, uh, he's got this great contract because that's what I did. I knew this player was this good. Right. I, I went that's and got why him. why I extended him. I went and traded Sammy Blay for him. And by the way, I got Sammy Blay back too. And I gave him a contract extension at this number because I, I believe this is what he could do. You got uh, Booch and Sammy Blay for Vladimir Tarasenko as a rental. I mean, if you really think about it. Tarasenko... As a rental for Buchnevich and Sammy. Blake. Well, and Mikola as a rental. Whatever. No, I'm just saying your your point is correct in the fact that Tarasenko and Nico Mikola are on expiring contracts, would put them both into free agency next right. year. So the potential of losing both players is is real. Mm-hmm. And so you trade Sammy Blay for Booch. You extended him with a great deal. Then you traded Vladdy and Mikola, got Sammy Blay back in the deal. You extended Sammy Blade to a team-friendly $1 million, and you got Booch locked up at 5.8 for the next couple of years. That's a really good move. Mm-hmm. Championship. Well, well yeah, okay. you do? do you think that the question could be then 
you know, would you actually re-sign him during that time? Because if you've, you know, you look at Doug Armstrong and what he's been saying, you know, this retool could take a few years, and by that time, you could almost be wasting away the, that contract. Whose contract? Buchnevich's Butch has two more years at 5.8, Marshy. That's what, but I'm Why saying, would you re-up like, him right now? No, not right now. Not oh, right now. But I'm I, saying when it does come to that time, he's going to be asking for quite a, quite a if amount of money. If it continues down this path. Let's just say right. he does, right? And we're, we're at the point where we want to focus the, uh, you know, the, the team is surrounded by Jordan Cairo and Robert Thomas as they move forward. They're the new faces of the franchise. But like, I feel like Pavel Buchnevich deserves to be in that conversation as well. Yeah. And he will be. I think you can entertain this a year from now. For sure. At the very earliest. At the very earliest, you kick the tires on Booch's desire to stay in St. Louis. He might tell you flat out, he's a pretty honest dude. He might tell you flat out, uh, yeah, go kick rocks Mm -hmm. or yeah, I'm in. Yeah. And at that point, you start to work out whatever a deal looks like. And I think this is a big reason why Army said, and, and not Pavel Buchnevich isolating him, just overall. I think it's a big reason Army said, let's not isolate this offseason. Let's take a look at the following offseason. Yeah. And it's not by coincidence that he says that. The salary cap will go up substantially between now and not this offseason, but the following offseason. You have a lot of contracts that are off the books at that point, and you'll have an expiring deal for Pavel Buchnevich. It's all the, it makes all the sense in the world to target two off seasons from now to do your damage and to get this retool kind of finished. Yeah. I guess what we're saying, Marsh, is that it wasn't the worst idea you've ever had. It just, you know, it needed some work. Anthony. The work. It just, I just liked having discussions. <laughs> I just like talking. You know, I was, I'm wondering, you know, like we look at Robert Thomas and Jordan Cairo. They are the faces of the franchise. They're getting paid eight by eight. Well, I think Pavel Buchnevich, at some points throughout this entire season, has been better than them. No, he's been clearly better. He's been better than them. So, like, flat out. And I, I don't, I don't like losing all of these players that I like. He's also 27 years old. Well, that's another thing. Is the by the time that he's a UFA, he'll be in his 30s, and will Doug even, even want to have him back? But what are the? I guess my bigger question is, what are the potential of Robert Thomas then too at that point? Booch is 27. Thomas is 23. For sure. And when you look at their stats, like, yeah, Booch has got over a mm-hmm. point a game. He's having a fantastic season. I, I love what he's doing. And Robert Thomas and Jordan Cairo have both had okay years. But sure. here they are sitting at 53 points for Thomas. Booch is at 54. Mad. Now there's a 12-game difference in games played. But there's also a four-year difference as mm-hmm. far as the years that they have under their belt, whether it's playing professionally in Russia or in the NHL. So, you know, you have to, I, I guess you have to look at that as well. For sure. I just, I just hate having a player with his type of skill set and you're going into, you know, a retool rebuild where the GM has said we probably won't target free agents, probably won't be back at that, that cup contending level for a few more years. And by that time, his contract's going to be over. So it's like, well. And somebody else will be ready for one somewhere else. This is why you're continuously evaluating every single game that you play, every team that you see, every player that you play against. All right, we got our sports six back next. If you have a question, 314-399-9646, you can send it right there to the Air Comfort Service text line. Sports six back next. 
We're right back to the Fast Lane Podcast, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. I have a question. It's time for the Fast Lane to answer your sports questions. I want to ask you a bunch of questions. I want to have them answered immediately. Answer the question. Answer the question. Asking me all these weird questions. Answer me! The Sports Six Pack is refreshed by Schlafly Beer, the original St. Louis craft brewery. 505, your time check is brought to you by Clarkson Jewelers, an officially licensed Rolex jeweler with Jamie Rivers. I'm Anthony Stalter. Here's Andrew Marsh with your questions for the sports six-pack. Question number one. From the 314, those three nut jobs, respectfully, that are on before you guys said they would rather have Connor Bedard over Shohei Otani. Can we get your take on this? Because I think they're crazy. They're absolutely I, you know, slap silly, those guys. Are here, you kidding me? Here's the thing I'll say about BK, Ferrario, and T-Bone, Tanner. Um, I think it's... Should I say it, Jamie? Oh, yeah. I, I think it's ridiculous that they drink on the job sometimes. <laughs> I did not know you were going there. <laughs> Bedard over Shohei? Are you kidding me? Wait, Anthony? They drink on the job? No, that's... I was joking. Oh, no. They don't. It's mostly the weed. <laughs> Just Stay off the weed. <laughs> Are you doing the pot? Are you doing the pot? Um, Anthony, I don't know about you, but in my world, yeah, um, I like to overlook a uh, proven surefire Hall of Famer, bona fide superstar in two positions. I like to overlook that for a complete unknown. <laughs> you know, Jamie. Mm-hmm. I like your style. I'm yeah, in. like yeah. I like to overlook a guy who's proven mm-hmm. that, that, that everybody in the majors, he's better than them basically at two different positions. Yeah. Uh, instead, I like to look at a five foot nine, hundred and fifty five pound junior hockey phenom who's yet to run into oh I don't know Victor Hedman or you know somebody like Jacob Truba. Um, I like to overlook all that proven stuff for the unproven of a very small. Skinny, talented, dynamic player that hasn't done anything at the pro level yet. Same. Mm-hmm. Question number two from the six three six or from the six three six. How many okra make a fighting okra? It's a great question. How big is an okra? It, not big at all. No, it's like a little. Lead. Yeah. What did you? Do? I don't know what I just did. <laughs> Jamie did the uh, hand gesture yeah, that the pepper I, grinder. I it's, it's pepper it's grinder meets milking the cow. The yeah. entire yeah <laughs> world. It was interesting. Yeah, <laughs> why you did that Feels with your natural hands too? It's weird. <laughs> Does it? <laughs> Either way, it's a, it's a great uh, question. I didn't think that okra fought. I didn't either. But apparently. The Delta State fighting okra do. So I'll say eight. I'll say eight, eight. okras. Oh, it's a six-pack. Six of them. Six of them. Okay. Mm-hmm. Right. It kind of reminds me of the other guys when he's describing, Will Ferrell's character describing all of the little shrimp. I think it's the shrimp or the fish or whatever. Uh, that are eating his toes or nibbling at that, his feet? That will, that will uh, go onto the water and, like, you know what I'm talking about? The tuna. The tuna, that's what it is. Yeah. 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 Oh, you'll drag your lion into the water? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And then we're so smart, we'll build the <laughs> apparatus to go on a, go, go 
go on land to Knock fight your you. lion into the water and yeah. in our school of tuna, 500-pound <laughs> fish. Yeah. That's how I envision my fighting elk. That's, yeah, that, that works. I mean, it makes sense. Question number three. From the 573, here's a question. What does Jamie have against Lamar, and why doesn't he want him to get the compensation that he deserves? That's a good question. It's a great question if I actually said that. <laughs> I literally got heated defending Lamar because Ans- the owners are colluding. Answer the question. I just did. I never said that. Anthony, all jokes aside, you yeah. know I absolutely never said that. No, Jamie didn't. It, we both said the NFL is clearly colluding. Yes. I don't think, th- my opinion, my in my opinion, I don't think this has anything to do with Lamar Jackson. And you may say to yourself, that, that, how does, what are you talking about? It has everything to do with the Cleveland Browns. Everything to do with the Browns. Way to the, go, Browns. I don't think the owners are colluding against Lamar. No, it's just it player X, Y, or Z. Lamar could have signed his franchise tag as Joe, Joe Burrow, and Joe yeah. Burrow says, hey, give me what Deshaun Watson got from Cleveland and then it's then it's about you know Joe Burrow I don't think it matters it's the fact that the Cleveland Browns did something completely idiotic by giving a player let alone what to you know the fact that Deshaun Watson did what he did off the field but to give a, a fully guaranteed contract for that much money it has nothing to do with Lamar Jackson anybody saying well Lamar versus Deshaun it, it's not about that these owners are saying we're not going to set that precedent again or the brown we're not going to follow that precedent that the browns set lamar jackson absolutely should be making more than deshaun watson but when has that ever come into play should should matthew stafford have ever made more money than tom brady no but he did at one point should matt ryan ever made more money than tom brady no but he did at one point. It's because of the mar- the way the market was set. The Browns threw that out the window just to get Deshaun Watson. Yeah. And it completely reset the whole the whole market. So that is what I think this is about. It's got n- it. Believe it or not, it has nothing to do with Lamar Jackson, in my opinion. By the way, we uh, get a text from the three one four. One of the more inspirational texts that I've seen come through this text line. It's not the size of the okra in the fight. It's the size of the fight in the okra. Yeah. Well said. Well Very said. Very well said. Uh, by the way, congratulations to Beth, who won our trivia contest today for the Guns N' Roses tickets. Good job, Beth. She had, this, she had the correct answer to the trivia question, which was, what year was mm-hmm. the Riverport riot? Correct answer is... 1991. That's correct. Right before July. It was July 2nd, 1991. It was what? Actually, you you weren't even born yet, were you? No. Oh. Marcy goes, I remember that. Uh, I remember that. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Uh, But yeah, congratulations to Beth. And and according to Mike Ryder, when she called Beth and she won won the tickets, she was doing the pepper grinder in the Mm -hmm. car. Question number four. The Shohei Otani pepper grinder. Oh, man. From the 661, if Tyler O'Neill doesn't do well in the World Baseball Classic, does that hurt his starting time to start the season? Does he get the benefit of the doubt to start the year? That's a really good question. How can you correlate the two? That's the hardest part for me if I'm Ollie Marmel or I'm a manager of any team, for that matter, in Major League Baseball. If I've got a guy who goes and plays average to not good at the World Baseball Classic, does that... 
is that a direct reflection of to where he is as far as the majors are concerned? Like, I don't know. What question was that, Marsh? That was question number four. Oh, man. Okay. I, we're going to get into that in the next segment. So let's... I'm cheating. I'm cheating this question, but I've got another question related to Buying that. Time, keep going. As far as I'm concerned. Well, okay, Jamie. All right, we'll continue. I want to look at it that way. Question number five from Swan. Actually, Swan leaves us a question. I know you guys cover a wide range of topics on here: football, basketball, baseball, hockey. Uh, for all of St. Louis, I'll even throw soccer in there. Uh, but I am a huge college basketball fan. Obviously, uh, do you guys think you'll ever uh, cover college basketball more often? So here's the thing. We get get questions, and it is a very good question, Swan. I I actually made this comment earlier to the guys in one of the breaks, and I I said, you know, what what has always fascinated me about doing radio in St. Louis, and I do have some comparisons to other markets, and of course I got buddies in other markets, and we'll we'll get to talking and stuff. They they have the same reaction that matches my thought press on this. there, there is a very concentrated appeal, I guess I should say, to listeners when it comes to our topics. Listeners, like, they're, they're like, why are you talking about this? Or why aren't you talking more about this? And I'm not saying, like, Swan, this is not, I'm not directing this at you, but we got a quite, like, earlier today, somebody was, was heated because we didn't spend enough time talking about soccer. And we got... One of those texts, are like, you need to take take soccer more serious. It's here to stay. Okay, fair. In the same in the same segment, what would you guys say? Ten to twelve texts came in that basically said, "We're moving on. We're mm-hmm. changing the channel because you guys are talking soccer." Yeah, why are you talking soccer? There's such a concentrated thing. Talk more blues. Why are you talking so much blues? Talk more Cardinals. I, I'm it. It's crazy. I'm sick of the what ifs. Why are you talking about the Cardinals? Who cares about the backup catcher? Like, they do like, what? It's It's just spring training. So my point is to this, and I will answer Swan's question directly. My point is to say this is that we we try to talk about topics that the majority of the listeners are are going to tune in for. Are all our segments home runs? Absolutely not. We have had shows before where we're like, "Eh, you know what? Maybe we missed the mark here, fellas. But we're always trying to hit the majority of listeners. So, Swan, this this goes to your question. Are we ever going to talk more college basketball? I think it's a very um, small fraction of listeners that want to hear about, like, detailed college basketball. From the 636, Anthony. What do we got? All caps. Talk more Mizzou <laughs> from the bird hat guy who's yelling at his radio. <laughs> oh, was it? Oh, man. I hope it really is bird hat guy. It I can't be. wait to see that guy at, on opening day again. Yeah, yeah bird hat there. guy. For those that don't know, bird hat guy got in our faces yeah. real good at yeah. opening day last year. About hey, Mizzou. About Mizzou. Saying. My daughter goes to Mizzou. I love Mizzou. The funny part is. I thought that he was kind of joking. He definitely was not joking no. because he was get like right in Jamie Rivers' face, and I go, "Wow, this guy's gonna end up dead." <laughs> <laughs> no, this, he is harmless. He this guy is a, gonna be paralyzed. He had a little too many wobbly pops in him. A little he's bit, fine. yeah. Uh, I would love. Look, I think I think we all enjoy college basketball. For sure. Are we gonna Are we gonna spend? A ton of segments. No. Are we going to get into it a, a little bit more during the March Madness tournament? Yes. Like this past weekend, I really enjoyed watching Mizzou barely beat an 11-win team. Oh, come on, Marsh. Well, that's just that saying. was snarky. I, that's what happened. 
I was really excited. Was that it they the won. fighting okra? No, it wasn't the fighting okra. Yeah, we'll and by the way, we did get a well. question from the text line saying, isn't an okra a vegetable? It totally is. So like, I don't really get the yeah. fighting okra. Fighting There's a question on the gauntlet. Intestines. Today. I think it's Delta State University is trolling everybody. That's correct, yeah. Question number six. All right, final question. We brought this up, uh, I might have been yesterday. From the 636, the opening drive says they are challenging all the shows to a pickleball tournament. We did bring that up. How is the fast lane preparing for this? I'm not at all. Just give me the damn racket. That's I'm all with I Jamie. Need. Are you kidding me? We've got athletes. Yeah. We've got yeah. competitive fire. Just gonna go. We've got raw grit. talent. Absolutely. Yeah. We show up. We throw the rackets on the pickleball court, and we dominate. I faces. saw a couple of those That's guys today. Nobody said a word. Of course not. Said a word. They were like they probably didn't think about. They're probably thinking of well, I don't know maybe maybe they're thinking of a midday show, and they were gonna like. Take them out behind the woods. That makes more sense. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I don't think they thought of, well, I don't know, the afternoon drive. No. And and poor Randy, who's on vacation right now, taking in some spring training baseball, he's going to walk back in to the lion's den Mm -hmm. and not understand what happened Mm -hmm. because of the irresponsible nature of Kerry Davis, Brooke Grimsley, and Matt Rocchio. Right. Do you think people lose their jobs because of this? Uh, I hope not, Jamie. I hope not either. But yeah, Randy, he gets that blackout rage. He certainly does. And I can envision Randy stepping onto the, or stepping into the studio on Monday saying, what the hell did you get me in? Yeah, what what was this guarantee? What was this challenge? What, what, What is this pickleball? Right. Do you know who's on the fast lane? For sure. Three psychopaths. Yes. Hmm. What were you thinking? We've got bench players too. Oh yeah. Like if we if we want, we got we can go deep into the roster. No we got question. BT, we got Matt Holiday. Come like, on. Come on. Anyways. Here's my question about Tyler O'Neill piggybacking off the, the one question that we got in the sports six pack. Does Tyler O'Neill get the benefit of the doubt? That's next on one one ESPN. We're right back to the Fast Lane Podcast, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. question in the sports six pack about Tyler O'Neill and the WBC and you know if he doesn't play well in the WBC do you give Tyler O'Neill still the benefit of the doubt and he still is a starter next year my question to you guys does Ty does Tyler O'Neill get the benefit of the doubt for what if he struggles in in the WBC Dylan Carlson plays it, it, you know he continues to swing a hot bat in spring training Jordan Walker continues his unbelievable play and Lars Newbar has a, a a good WBC but Tyler O'Neill eh, a little shaky I, I, I here's the problem is I think that for you to justifiably look at Tyler O'Neill in the face and say you're losing your starting spot because you had a bad WBC I think that you can't. I don't think you can do that. So you do think he he deserves the benefit? benefit I don't know if he doubt. deserves it. I think he'll get it. See, I don't think he gets the benefit of the doubt. 
Maybe I'm wrong about this, but it would he was he was he wasn't healthy last year. He was okay when he you know there, he had bad spots. He had okay spots. His final numbers were fine, but he wasn't available. I don't think he, I don't think he gets the benefit of the doubt. Last year he did certainly, but this year. Again, under the circumstances, under the hypothetical, yeah, that the other the other outfielders play well. I think Tyler O'Neill's your fourth outfielder then in that scenario. I think he gets the benefit of the doubt. What's your problem? I don't have a problem with it at all. I'm just trying to. I'm looking at it from if I was the president of baseball operations or the manager. If you're making a decision to remove a player from his starting spot. Mm-hmm. You want to make sure that the player absolutely knows that they have been given opportunity and that they have lost their spot. Because then the argument comes to Tyler O'Neill be like, I was playing for Team Canada. My role was completely different there. The manager was asking for a completely different style of either kidding the ball. Like, what? Is, what? It, not, is it not baseball? Anthony, enough. Enough. In all seriousness. In all is seriousness. It not, does, te- does Team Canada play hopscotch or do they play baseball? Is it not baseball? Let me know when you want to talk real. Okay. I want to talk real. Go ahead. So the demands and the expectations may have been different with Team Canada. His role may have been different. Maybe he couldn't max. Maybe he wasn't hitting behind anybody good or in front of him. Like, there's all sorts of different scenarios that Tyler O'Neill and his represent, representation are going to be like, whoa, pump the brakes there, Ollie. Wouldn't you let – can't my client get a chance with the real team this year? He's healthy. You got through the WBC healthy. Like, you're not really going to give him an opportunity. That's where I feel like the team has to be 100% sure that they can move on from player, that player as a starter. Doesn't mean he can't regain his spot or work his way back into that, but it's not quite apples to apples with, like, Paul DeYoung on this. But look at how many, how many opportunities was Paul DeYoung given? 42. Too many. Okay? And I agree with that. Tyler O'Neill right now, he's going to play in the WBC, which is a massive tournament. How do you look at that? Is he good enough to play for Canada in this massive tournament? Maybe he struggles because some of the, like he's playing against some of the best players in the world. That's why they're there. And that's a direct correlation to Dylan Carlson had a good spring training against three guys that pitch in AAA now. Like, you see what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. That's my only point. And I'm not saying that. He deserves it or he's owed this. I just think that if you're managing a team, you have to set the standard. And the standard is that everybody has the same kind of opportunity. How does Jamie Rivers feel, though? Because you just you kind of phrased that from the Cardinals' perspective. I feel the same way. You do? Yes. Lars so, Newpart, too. Same thing. Like I don't think Lars should lose his job if he plays terrible for Japan. So Jordan Walker then is going to Memphis. No, he's he's competing. So who who then who you only got Nobody, three outfield spots? No, you can have four outfielders, Anthony. Well, no, I understand that. You I'm have saying DH. Maybe Juan Yepes is the guy that gets the boot because he's not consistent enough. Okay. Alec Burleson, maybe he's the guy that goes. Maybe you start the season with O'Neill, Newbar, Carlson, and Walker, and you say, hey, boys, guess what? It's up for grabs. Good luck. From my Again, under the under the scenario mm-hmm. that everybody continues to swing a hot bat, but Tyler O'Neill struggles. I understand your point about the WBC versus spring training, but the bottom line is Walker and Carlson. What they're doing in spring training leads us to believe Walker, yeah. especially, that he will make the team. But you're pitting Walker right now head to head against O'Neill. 
which isn't the case. You even said that yourself. The, the real it's not one guy against another. Right. It's all five guys right now competing for the three spots. So I'll go back to my original question, which is why would Tyler O'Neill just get the benefit of the doubt because of what he did two it's years ago? It's not really the benefit of the doubt. It's an it's an opportunity because he's playing in one of the biggest tur- well, the biggest tournament that baseball has right now, barring the Olympics, but mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, look at some of the rosters on these teams. Look at some of the pitching for some of these teams. If that's what you're putting up against uh, a Jordan Walker or Dylan Carlson, who, again, I'll repeat myself, they've faced some big league pitchers, but they've also faced some never-going-to-be-big-league pitchers sure. and some never-going-to-be-big-league players in the field. Right. So I, I just don't see how you – that's not apples-to-apples. Apples. That's for me. You're right. That's for me. You're right, Jamie. It's not apples-to-apples. I am not, though, going to base base Tyler O'Neill's productivity two years ago on neither whether or not I. I start I start him. But neither am I. But, I, but, you, but, but I were, also can't remove him based upon the same theory. But you said he still probably gets his starting job this year. I would give him the starting job. Yeah, he's earned the right. Okay, there you go. Why? Why? Anthony, he's earned. He's come out of playing AAA or wherever the hell he was, and he's made the major league roster so much so that he was in the MVP discussion. At least he got some votes a couple of years ago, and I understand it was a couple of years ago. But there is, there still has to be something tied to when you've earned your spot. It's like a heavyweight champion. Mm-hmm. Most of the time, when it goes to the, the to the judges, the heavyweight champion wins. You want to win that title, you have to take it from him. You have to beat that guy. And I look at this, and so far it hasn't been able to be apples to apples with the competition. Is Jordan Walker a better player than Tyler O'Neill? Probably. Probably will be. But is Tyler O'Neill maybe better than Lars Newbar? Maybe. If that's the case, then the competition's not Walker against O'Neill. It's who are your best players. Mm -hmm. And so for Tyler O'Neill, who's on a $5 million contract, take it or leave it for whatever it's worth, he still has earned the opportunity to come back at least and fight for his job. Yeah, I got That's you. all I'm saying. It's not like he's given to him, but he if he, you start him, yeah. see how he got. Like you don't just keep spoon feeding him starts 20, 30 games in. Mm-hmm. You give him an equal opportunity to keep his job as you've given to everybody else to take his job. Yeah, I got you. I got you. I I, I think the the main I think the bottom line is I want your Cardinals to win. Jamie doesn't. I think that's that's what I heard. No, that's um, kind of the no. I literally said I want them to win with the best players in the outfield. Me too. That's it. Mm. Me too. We're getting some text messages saying that Team Canada. It's not really that great, so they might be. He might sent be back home. in spring training. Yeah, he'll probably be back in three days. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> really. So we might not even have to worry yeah, about it. Have to worry about it. You really think? Are you about telling it? us our conversation was useless? I, Anthony was passionate. I was Jamie passionate. Was passionate. Yeah. yeah, I mean, together we were passionate. Definitely. I think the team Canada is probably going to lose the Cubs today. Well, have you seen that Cubs roster? That well, 87's per- a really good uh, player. 84 now, in fact, 87. <laughs> <laughs> Doesn't even have a name. No. He is not yeah. going to make Remember the Cubs guy, roster. Remember that guy, or his name was player name? I think it was I think it was Oscar Tavares in in one his one of his first camps. Yeah, it oh, just was said, it really? I think it was. I think it was Oscar Tavares in one of his first camps that just said player name and they yeah. didn't have the graphic for him. They didn't know. Yeah, I think I think I'm was, talking about on the back of the jersey. 
No, I was talking I about the. Gra- it was a graphic. Oh, you're on- talking about a graphic. Yeah, I gotcha. think it was at the time Fox. I mean, Team West, Canada but- has Larry Walker out there. <laughs> he does. He's coaching first, <laughs> he's isn't he? No, he's playing. <laughs> oh, he's playing. Yeah, he's on right. <laughs> no, he's coaching. <laughs> I think I saw him with a glove. You stop it. Yeah, batting, oh, maybe not batting glove you know in his what? back pocket. <laughs> He's in the outfield waiting for Tyler O'Neill to hit a home yeah, run. He is. So uh, nine four nine now. four. Team Cubs. Canada oh, nice. catcher just fell over his hockey equipment. <laughs> <laughs> Every at bat for Team Canada, they're undercutting it. This is unbelievable. Yeah, a little oh, lazy on the catcher there. Uh, we got our biggest question of the day. Oh, Still time for you to leave a mic drop for us, or you can text us. Uh, biggest question of the day next on 101 ESPN. We're right back to the Fast Lane Podcast, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. It's time for the Fast Lane's biggest question of the day. It's the Fast Lane on 101 ESPN. We're keeping you updated on Team Canada. Uh, they're down, down 10 to 4 to the Chicago Cubs. You got them just where training. they want them. The Cubs, yeah. I would, I would That's not even the Cubs. Generally agree with that. It's not even the Cubs. No, it's like the backup Cubs. It's the backup Cubs. Yeah. Cub, uh, baby Cubs. So whoever sent that in earlier, the text about how Tyler O'Neill likely going to be right back in spring training sooner rather than later, Jamie, I think, I think they bring up a good point. This is a uh, preseason game or pre-tournament game. Mm-hmm. Don't read into that, Anthony. Canada, let's go turn it on, baby. Do you think, Jamie, <laughs> that the Canadians will likely try to swing, you know, down at the ball almost like they like a hockey puck? Like a hockey puck. Yeah. Maybe, or they'll just start a brawl. That I mean, that could work too. Never know. I mean, you know, maybe. Maybe it might, not. It might be their best way to win. It might be the only thing they can do. We have our question of the day, and this one comes from Joe. As far as that outfield login that we're talking about, what do you guys think about seeing Juan Yepes go down to the minors and you know free up that DH spot for Jordan Walker against left-handers, and then you can have Dylan Carlson in the outfield against left-handers. And then when the right-handers play where Dylan Carlson struggled, you can have Nolan Gorman play the DH and have Jordan Walker take over one of the outfield spots for Dylan Carlson when he sits. What do you guys think about that? Joe, thank you for the mic drop. I actually brought that up to BT on, what was it, Monday? When we had BT on? Yes. And he completely avoided the question. So I asked him again. (laughs) I followed up. By the way, BT, I have a follow-up question. It's the same as the first. And he... As talented as he uh, often is, he he used a lot of spin rate. I don't think he wanted to note how you could see the DH. He said, yeah, Jordan Walker, oh, you're going to see him at the DH spot. My point was, the, from a roster construction standpoint, are we should we be looking more at the DH spot as opposed to the outfield as it relates to Jordan Walker? Maybe at the beginning of the season. And I think that, you know, we've talked about, both of us have talked about it uh, today, for that matter, is... You know, finding him starts, much like you did Brendan Donovan. You found him starts by rotating him around the diamond and keeping him in your batting order. Mm -hmm. You could do the same thing with Jordan Walker. That would mean, to Joe's question, does Juan Yepes go down to Memphis? And I would would say yes. But I don't think it's an automatic thing either. Why couldn't Juan put him on the bench? I don't know if you like your roster flexibility at that point, Why would you not? 
What are you? Well, who else are you putting in there then? Okay, fair. From a f- roster flexibility standpoint, you might be okay, but you got too many guys now on the bench, too many young guys on the bench that aren't seeing ABs. I don't. I don't disagree with that. So you may you may have to send down one of those guys to get okay, consistent. Well, ABs. then so be it. Right. I mean, if they got options, they got options. That's why you have it. Like, if it's Gorman, hey, Gorman, go crush baseballs in Memphis for a while. Mm-hmm. And when we sort up this slop up here or whatever we got going on, we'll call you back. Hey, Juan, yeah, maybe you're the guy. And yep. maybe you do a little back and forth with those guys. And Like, I don't know what to tell you. It goes back to the question I have for you guys in the first hour today. Do you really care? If Jordan Walker continues to do what he's doing, do you really care who's left out in the outfield? I, I kind of do. Oh, Marsh, you t- you looked at Jamie and I early in the show, and you said that you didn't. You said, no, I don't care as long as Walker's on the roster. Now you're changing your tune? Maybe not outfield, but... Less uh, than four hours, now you're changing your tune? That's you're quick. Fl- Man, you're flippy-flopping on At us? least wait till tomorrow. All right, I'm just, I'm just going to... No, turn ahead. my microphone off. No, go ahead. Oh, no, tell fight us. back, Andrew. Yeah, tell us My why. microphone is off. Is it off? It's off. What the hell, guys? Let me speak. Right, I'm going to turn it back on. Marsh, I don't think we let you speak there. Go ahead. Uh, anyways, yeah, anyways what, Anthony, I what I was saying. <laughs> Go ahead, Marsh. What I was saying is uh, I I would like to keep Nolan Gorman and Juan Yepes. Let's just say it's those two. And Dylan Carlson, whatever. If one of those outfielders, if they're they're not producing, I feel like the first guys to go and not play will be Gorman and Yepes. Would you guys agree with that? They're- well, it depends on who's producing. Yeah. Well, so I'm saying, like, in terms no, of the so outfield. It's not an automatic. In terms you know of the I'm outfield, saying? like, you know, if one of those guys isn't producing, but because positional-wise, it just, for some reason, it works that Nolan Gorman needs to go down, but he's been hitting well, like, I, w- I would feel some type of way that you he's the one. feel dirty. feel dirty yeah. that he's the one getting sent down when – Let's say Tyler O'Neill didn't yeah. deserve. Tyler O'Neill doesn't deserve. Yeah. Well, that's what uh, that's what sucks by being a young guy with options. It is what it is. To add on to this question, we got you know from the six one eight guys. Is it kind of scary that we don't have one automatic outfield starter? And I don't know if it's scary or it depends how you look at it. For me, is is it scary that we don't have defined guys that were like, yep, yeah, he's my starting guy, or is it? Good too that you've got some guys that are playing well, and that you're they're making it difficult for you. Which one is it? I'm with you on that last part. Okay. So before spring training, before this is us before spring training. Ah, oh, the guy that uh, the guy that's almost a guarantee at this point in the outfield is Lars Newpar. What are we saying? What are we saying? <laughs> one guy. And it's Lars Newpark who had a great second half, but we, we don't know what he is. That's it. Mm-hmm. Now we're like, what does it say that we've got four options potentially to start in the outfield? You know, I'd start three. Yeah, that's why I said op- four options. Oh, okay. Yeah. Sorry, Anthony. As BT would say, it means you get a lot of depth, Anthony. Exactly. You see the point here. It's like we went from... Yeah, one guy to, hey, you know what? Everybody's kind of swinging a, yeah. a good bat right now, except for Tyler when he was being dominated by the Cubs, just like Team Canada. You either have the mindset of a Brad Thompson or you have the mindset of a 6-1 hate. Oh, wow. Yeah. No, BT you're right. BT is from the 6-1-8, though. No, the 6-1 hate. Oh, okay. All right. The three, it's a 3-1 hate. <laughs> the three, <laughs> it's the 
502-8. Yeah. Cubs score again. They're up 11-4 now on uh-huh. Team Canada. This has been a rough one for Team well, Canada. Did you see the guy who was pitching for Canada? Do you see that guy? It's Santa Number Claus. 70 for the Cubs. He had – did you see that uniform? Look at that. Look at that name. That goes around. That, <laughs> that's that like a circle. Complete, that's a half circle of a name. Yeah, that's interesting. Just pick one last name. He's got two of them. Whoever whoever 70 is, his... 70-something Armstrong. Stretch Armstrong? Maybe. The Cubs have scored the same amount of runs as he has letters on his jersey. Seriously. You're not wrong. If you're making the jerseys for the Cubs, you have to be saying to yourself, please, God, don't make the team. Look, Larry Walker's pitching now. <laughs> it's not Larry Walker. It looks like him. Wait, that's... Santa Claus. It's not no, Santa that's Claus. That's Axford. It's John Axford. Is he still pitching? Today he is. Today he is. <laughs> they t- I think he went to the game as a fan. That can't be him. And it they is. thought, and they thought, hey, we're gonna need you to throw a couple innings. Here's a uniform. It's like that old guy that pitches for the Savannah Bananas mm-hmm. comes down every now and then. Yeah. Oh my goodness, he's from Simcoe. There you go. Simcoe, Canada. Right near Toronto. What do you miss? Criticisms, compliments. Next. We're right back to the Fast Lane Podcast, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. It's a fast lane on 101 ESPN with Jamie Rivers and Andrew March. I'm Anthony Stoltz. If you missed anything from today's show, make sure you download the podcast. Available at 101ESPN.com. Absolutely. Shame. Big time. Download the app if you don't have it already. Again, throw on another shame there, Jamie. Shame. Mm-hmm. Download it. It's all brought to you by Dobbs Tire and Auto Center. So. March, what do we got for criticisms and compliments? I uh, imagine uh, we got a, a bunch of both today. Yeah. Um, let's just go with the... Uh, the start of the show uh, from 314. Great show today. Three and a half stars. Yeah, excellent. Thank you. Early that, on yeah. in the show, yeah, too. Three, so Three wow. and a half. Wow. Three, and a half. three and a half. That's nice. We could have went up. Or we could have went down. Could have. But I don't know. It's I, like that person that puts, you know, like a 20 on the table and, sa- and starts to judge the uh, waiter and waitress, which I find to be really pretentious, by the way. Yeah. And I don't know if I agree with that. That's a, it's kind of a jerk move. Like, I'm judging you. Yeah. And you take the money en- away. And yeah. I really How about you enjoy your meal? I really didn't like it when you did that that one day when we had Jamie, lunch. It was unfair. On. I mean. You learned. I just, I, why would you dig that up? It's all about growth. The past. Yeah, it's all about, you know, putting bad decisions behind us, yeah. Anthony. Oh, good call. You're actually, what you're doing is you're helping people. I'm growing. Your bad decisions help other people make good decisions. Yeah, thanks, Jamie. I think. You're doing great. From the 314, what an epic gauntlet, boys. That was, if you missed that it's one. pretty great. That that one was weird. But it was good, too. I mean, it was competitive. I have never seen that before. In all my two years of the gauntlet, <laughs> never seen that. Answered every single question. Mm-hmm. Not only the same. It, it was the same way, right? You yeah, that's the, that's the thing is you guys had your own, the same breakdown of the answer. Like you both said, tongue for the strongest muscle in the human body. Again, you can download the podcast and listen to the whole thing, but just the way you went about it was eerie. Like it's not, but where would that be located? Is it the mouth, the jaw? Better get mm. the options. Yeah, that was crazy. Yeah, it's fun. From the 661, Okra, Tuna, Lions. God, I love the sports six pack. <laughs> <laughs> 
from the, <laughs> that's a funny movie. The fighting okra. The uh, other guys it really is. Yeah. Uh-huh. Like it really sets the tone when when they aim for the bushes. <laughs> yeah, I was about to say <laughs> what the funniest part is when The Rock and Samuel Jackson just jump. Yeah, they get they aim for the bushes. It's a real tone setter. <laughs> I don't want to spoil it if you haven't seen yeah. it. It's been out for a while. Yeah, make sure you don't spoil of Mice and Men either. Yeah, yeah we, don't do I that. I think we did, though. No. Kairou, uh, a Dallas star. Boys, the Dallas uh, Stars signed Christian Kairou, Jordan Kairou's oh, brother. Wow. Yep. Jamie. Wow, really Jamie. no reason to get nervous. The deadline's gone, guys. You probably had a few would have been better a week cheering ago. in the car for a split second. Still, though. I mean, would have been better was, a week ago. I would have I would have just left it hanging. i just give the, I like see the, ya. A little more sport than that. Oh, okay. Fair enough. Fair enough. Judgmental son of a... Mm-hmm. All right. That'll do it for uh, today. We've got... Uh, I think we got Action Jackson breaking down some basketball for you ahead of uh, some basketball tonight. So, good luck with that. Action Jackson debut. See ya! You've been listening to the Fast Lane Podcast, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. <laughs>